Welcome to the 12th session of our Smoke and Snow campaign. It is the 18th of Midsummer. It's Thursday. And pretty much this means that you guys have been in Valconen for almost two months. Given that, as we all know, there are 28 days in each month of the, the Third World calendar. And we are currently in the second month. So on the last session, our heroes, spearheaded by Brother Lomas, the friar from New Zealand, negotiated a shaky peace between the Frost Dwarves and the, the mutated tribesmen of the Witch Isle. And although they didn't get them to exactly form an alliance, they got them to at least agree to a, a non-aggression pact with the potential for an alliance in the future, depending on how things went. With that resolved, our heroes also met another group of adventurers who they talked a little bit with. They had an encounter with a pterodactyl. They helped these adventurers fight off. And then at the end of the session, they decided to return to their home village of New Zealand. So the when you wake on the morning, starting off fairly early to set off for New Zealand, the temperature is fairly mild given the climate of Valconen and in fact you notice as you sort of step out into the sunlight that instead of the normal snow falling there's actually a light rain falling due to the slightly warmer temperatures and you find yourself with the boat that you used to get to Witch Isle looking out over the the now far more peaceful since you liberated the island of Undead and glassy expanse of water that forms the lake around the Witch Isle. Like I say, it's it's, a, it's still a little bit chilly, but nothing compared to what it has been recently. It's 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 almost temperate. You stood there. There's a very gentle breeze and a gentle rain sort of spattering down onto the grass around you. Your boat is pulled up onto the the shore, and you're looking out across the waters. What do you want to do? Have we heard a rumour about the lake itself? You have heard no rumours about the actual lake. All the rumours seem to concern the island itself. Okay. Okay, so I think we just want to push off and head back down the river to New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. So is your plan... And obviously, correct me if I'm wrong. Is your plan to use your boat to like basically follow the river as far as you can down yes. to to New Zealand? Okay. I take it. I take it that's the way we got here originally. Yes. Um, yeah, because I wasn't there. Didn't then. we over? Did we not come overland? No. Oh. Okay. No, we brought a boat on the shore and we moved it a few times, um, depending on where we were camping. Okay, so travelling down the river will get you to there on your first day, since effectively you're going with the flow of the river, so it vastly increases your speed. Whereas before, obviously, you were sort of paddling against the current and trying to head upriver. So now your journey is like pretty much going to take you a day and a bit. You don't run any risk of getting lost because you're travelling down a river. How are you going to get lost? You've literally got to wait for just get on the water wait for the flow of the current to take you obviously there's various points where the river is narrow or curves and snakes slightly 
through the cold landscape of Valkonen. Obviously, you're all at like your oars and you know trying to make sure the boat doesn't go into any rocks and stuff like that. So I'm quickly going to make us a a quick encounter check to see what we get. Boom, 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 boom. Too many of these encounter tables. Okay. Okay, so your journey through well, down the river is fairly uneventful. As you get nearer to your homeland the small village of new zealand as you look across to the east so to your left you can see the the dark coniferous expanse of the wolf forest and as you look to the west your right you can see the whale song forest which is extremely dark but occasionally the the coniferous trees are broken by like patches of white where you can see sort of odd bones of like sea creatures birds and other animals that seem to almost be laid out in the trees like sort of grisly festive decorations as you're continuing your journey and you're re nearly getting back to new zealand the the wind has picked up slightly and as the wind whistles through the trees of the whale song forest the a number of the the bones the skulls etc that hang in the trees catch the wind and cause an eerie reedy piping noise to rise over the forest giving it its name the whale song forest and whilst it's not too much of a bother during the day as it starts getting a little bit dark it becomes quite eerie and you can still hear these these fluctuating sort of breathy piping noises now obviously you guys are you guys have effectively already traveled for a day down river if you wanted to if you wanted to camp you would have to sort of go ashore camp on shore then get back on the river and head to new zealand in the morning or you can choose to push on during the evening but obviously that means you won't have slept effectively It's entirely up to you guys. I think we should camp and hunt and try and pick up some extra food. Okay, and obviously remember, like you guys have already travelled for a day before you get to do this, so you will need to cross off a ration for each of you. Okay, so after a day's travel, like sort of canoeing down this river effectively, which is quite tiring work because you're having to like dodge rocks and sort of make your way around bends in the river and stuff like that. As the as darkness starts to fall, you hear Malcolm, who's up near the front of the canoe, says, I, I think we should he head to the banks and camp for the evening. Oh, well, I've got no problem with that. Is there a preference which side of the, the river? Probably on the eastern side. The Wolf Forest side. Mm. Yeah, I, I believe the other side, they, they encountered a a vicious bear of a strange description. Yeah, you know, if I, I had to take I, a I would have rather avoid that. 
Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so you don't have any problems reaching the bank. Obviously, you, you set up a camp as you would do normally. You know, you all take watches, the, the whole sort of nine yards. I'll make a quick roll to see if anything happens during the evening. Okay, so your evening passes uneventfully. You're not menaced by any of the animals that lurk within the wolf forest. You all bed down for the night, like I say, taking various watches. But in the morning, the sun starts to rise over the horizon. You can you feel the wind is perhaps uh, died down just a little bit. The rain has stopped. There's only a a very light breeze, sort of gently rustling the the fronds of the trees of the wolf forest you can see the sun shining over the horizon glinting off the, the sort of frozen conifers of the trees of the wolf forest and because you come like a little way into the forest you can hear as you listen the sound of the rushing waters of the great river flowing southwards past it and towards the coast where New Zealand was founded. Over to you guys. I, I say we, we, we pack up and get back on the river as soon as possible. Uh, or, or did you want to go hunting and foraging, Malcolm? I know you like a bit of hunting. I think we, uh, <clears throat> we only have two days worth of food left, so I think we should do a bit of hunting. We could probably spend a day foraging and then still get to back home, you know, at a sensible time because it's only a short distance down the river. The the only slight issue if you're travelling on the river is it's very difficult to forage while you're in a canoe. Oh, no, I meant, sorry, forage for most of the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, And then just do a quick trip down the river. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, Yeah, you can certainly forage around this area and then hop in the canoe and head back. Like you say, it's going to take you maybe oh, half an hour, an hour to oh, okay. to get back, given the speed that you've been travelling. And, it, and it's right on the riverside, isn't it? The, yes, it is. The, yeah. The little... And didn't we find um, desirable mushrooms in this forest before, or herbs? Much further north. Yeah, the, the, the sort of patch of herbs you originally found was sort of hairish. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe maybe there would be uh, more interesting things in this part of the forest. Certainly worth a look while we have today to spare. Hmm. Okay, now as you guys know, there's two types of foraging you can do. You can do opportunistic foraging which is just basically having a quick look which doesn't really impact your movement however if you reduce your movement rate to half which means you've spent a good deal of your time foraging obviously that increases your chance of discovering something i i'm i'm uh, keen to do the slower option because i'm a, a keen forager i'm very proficient 
in the foraging. Okay, and in fact, normally if you do dedicated foraging, you would have a four in six chance of finding something. However, that increases to a five in six chance if there is a friar in the party, which there is. For everyone? Yep. So, although, although, be, be, some tips. although bear in mind that the sort of foraging role is assumed that like most of your group's involved, so you can't really sort of like have each person make a foraging role. Oh, the, right, the right, sort right. of role is made for the group as a whole. Yeah, yeah, good, good, still good. But but <laughs> you guys choose who make the roles. But just having the friar there who who can basically go, don't eat that; it's poisonous. Or like look out for these mushrooms increases your chances of finding something and likewise if you went hunting because you've got a hunter in the party your chance would also be increased i mean you, you guys are pretty much like equipped for the wilderness because you've got a hunter and a friar so and can we do vault jump can we split in half and hunt and not really no you'd have to decide which one you want to do because like I say the role assumes that like most of your party are getting involved in it okay obviously with foraging you can find food or herbs with hunting you're most likely to find an animal which you have to fight in a combat and then that will yield a certain amount of food depending on the size of the animal basically so what's the chances on the hunting okay with hunting you have a one in six chance normally or a five in six chance if there is a hunter in the party oh so it's a similar yeah but because you've got a friar and a hunter You've got the same chance of being successful at each. Now, just, just to like step into like rules talk for a little minute, the way the way dedicated foraging works is successful foraging will provide wild food sufficient to feed one d six human sized people for a day. Um, for hunting, each hit dice of the animal that is killed yields food to feed one d three human sized creatures. But obviously it depends on what animal you come across so mm. if you get lucky and it's a massive animal and you bring it down you might be like get loads more food than if you were foraging but if you come across something and it's just like a small like sheep or something like that then you might get less yeah it depends on uh how much of the danger you want to yeah pl plus plus as well, well you, you have to actually fight it whereas foraging you don't okay. you're just like oh there's some mushrooms yoink okay but it's up to you guys which one of those you want yeah. to do Does the foraging include a chance to uh, find healing herbs and other bits too, or is it all tied up in the food? For foraging does, yeah. You can either find food or herbs. Okay. So that's the choice you make at the beginning when you're looking for herbs or... It, it, no, because it's, it's basically what you find in the area. So you might just find like, berries that you can eat, or you might find herbs. It just depends on what you find. So it's, it's fairly random. Um. Old Leopold is inclined to think that hunting's a little bit energetic after all his exertions. He would he would prefer to uh, get a few sort of like bushcraft tips from the friar and kind of go on a, a fungal foray through the forest. Nice and pleasingly alliterative as well. Uh, there you go. As long as your diet can... Uh you know, can deal with the, the berries and the mushrooms rather than the meat. Uh, okay, so since it sounds like we're basically having uh, the friar sort of lead you guys in foraging, 
Friar, would you like to make the roll? It's a d6 roll, one to five. You've succeeded. I wouldn't like to, but I'm going to. <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay, you have succeeded. Let's <clears throat> make a quick roll. Okay, so you all sort of spread out, and the, like I said, the friar's giving you some tips and telling you what to look out for. And after a while of sort of like wandering around and looking through the forest, and the friar's telling you what sort of things you might expect to find, that sort of thing, why more? You come across a, a small patch of very, very small mushrooms they're about they're about as tall as a person's little finger and they have pointy sort of watery blue caps on them and it's a fairly substantial patch that you've found uh, sorry are we are going as a group i guess uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you'll be sort of like spreading out and looking for stuff and whatever, but yeah. you're just sort of doing it as a group. Yeah, right. Uh, well, is, is Brother Lomas somewhere? Oh, yeah, reachable? you're all sort of roughly, you're all within yeah. like earshot of each other. Yeah. So I'll, I'll yell out. <laughs> I was like, Brother, uh, finger sized mushrooms, blue top. A lot of them. Do we want these? Um, I'll make a quick check in my ladybird book for my mushroom. Okay. You Can't. you think that the the mushrooms that Wyma has discovered are what are known as Tom and Mary mushrooms. If you consume a dose of these mushrooms, they, in, they induce a sort of hallucinatory state where your sort of perception of time is altered. Hmm. However, you've also heard rumours, and you don't know how accurate this is, because you've not really eaten these before, but you've heard rumours that like consuming these mushrooms, as well as having this strange effect on your senses, also gives you the ability to like perceive things that would normally be imperceptible to people's senses. Hmm. Yes. Somewhat um, untested are these mushrooms... I'm sure we could maybe maybe take them back and uh, inquire further in New uh, Zealand and see if anyone else may be able to give us a little bit more information or anyone that's actually tried them out, tested them. But certainly worth taking. And as, so, as you as you sort of wander over, over Brother Lomas, you can see that effectively there's like. For a normal person, they'd be like sort of maybe enough to have like four sort of doses of these like mushrooms. Obviously, it's so I'll be um, just pulling them all out, okay. <laughs> gather the entire patch. No mm. problems. Let me add a uh, four doses of these mushrooms to a Wyoming's character sheet. So I'm, I'm really surprised by the way that we have um, <laughs> we have hallucinatory mushrooms in a. In John's OSR game, that's never yeah, happened I mean, before. It's, oh yeah, it's top precedent. In it's it's got to be done, man. It's standard. Mm -hmm. You can't 
You can't have an OSR game without having some like weird mushrooms in it, man. I, I don't make the rules. <laughs> uh, okay, mate, there's yeah. something well, OSR they... stuff is known for. It's it's the fact that the GM doesn't make the rules. It's, it's mm -hmm. damn shrooms. That's what it's known for. Yeah, Did they have a a nickname or anything there? We have a name. They're called Tom and Mary mushrooms. Oh, Tom and Mary, yeah. Also yeah. known as Blue Cap now. Blue okay. Cap. And I have added four doses of that to your character sheet. One more. The old Blue Cap finger mushroom. Indeed. So after that, you guys presumably get back in your boat and uh, resume your journey, I would assume. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Okay, lovely. No sign of that old Cyclops on our travels. No, I'm afraid not. No. Did we tell Brother Lomas? Probably didn't tell him, but in no. the wall forest there is a valley uh, off to the kind of the oh, eastern the yeah. eastern Cyclops area. Valley. Oh, you see, you can see it, can you? Yeah, if you uh, put the notes on. Yeah, if you switch the notes on, yeah. Yeah, he's got like magical a magical glade as well, just close to where we stopped. Uh, sure. Yeah, that was super sketchy. <laughs> yeah. That was the uh, that was the glade, just to refresh your memory, Leopold, where you met the old boy who was like, "Oh, everything's great in this glade. I, I had an accident. Oh, and I stay did. here." And then when he stepped outside, it, he was like, <laughs> and all like his wounds came back. Yeah. And you guys were like, and he was like, "Oh, come stay in the glade for a bit." And you guys were like, "Yeah, maybe not." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't mind for don't, mate. Okay. So, after half an hour, you guys reach New Sealand. You're heading down the river. You can see the, the wooden bridge that the people of New Sealand have built over the river. You can see the, the two sort of wooden jetties with a couple of people like fishing sort of sat on them there's the the smattering of wooden buildings and obviously there is the the large sort of wooden palisade that you oversaw being built mm. things are looking up okay as you're sort of approaching the village a couple of the uh, the villagers who were sat sort of fishing off the the jetties there's a couple of like wooden boats sort of pulled up to it. a couple of them sort of like wave at you as they because they recognize you as they see you sort of like poling down the river and you can as you get nearer over the the sort of rushing and the babbling sound of the water you start to hear the the sort of murmurings of conversation and the sounds of like village life filtering back in We've been away for a fair while, haven't we? Not there, you know, a few a few weeks, sort of thing. Yeah, a decent amount of time, yeah. You need to check in with your uh, contact who was doing your hiring, didn't you? Yeah, need to see if he's back. <clears throat> yeah, find out how he got, how whether our message got through, I guess. And also whether he found out. Uh, magic user to help us uncover the truth so mm. is that uh, gonna be our first port of call i think we should see if he's here and if he found someone and 
what we might be able to put them to work on, but I still think we want to do the runes and stick to the original plan. Okay, so you're just going to like bowl into the village and find out what's going on. Like, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like we own the place. Yeah, because you're pretty much do, to be fair. <laughs> okay, so as you guys are walking up, obviously you have to sort of like, there's the palisades and the wooden docks. As you walk up, you're approached by two men who you don't recognise, wearing traveller's cloaks and sort of leather armour. You can see they've got weapons sort of scabbarded at their belt. They look like they look to be like they're not really scabbarded, but they're in loops. They're sort of hand axes. They're holding wooden shields. One of them sort of walks up towards you, and he's he's like, "What's your business?" <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, we live here, good sir. It's like, what's your name, stranger? Uh, Malcolm Harp. Uh, at which point, feel. at which point, his eyebrows raise a little bit as he says that, and he's and he's like, oh, well, sorry about that. Term. He says, he says, turns to the guy, he's like, that's one of the names, wasn't it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's one of the names. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Come on in. We we're told to we we're told to keep an eye on the the perimeter and keep keep a guard out by um, Mister Nickel. But he um, he gave us your name and said that you'd be coming back at some point and you should be let straight in. So, okay. And uh, well, where is uh, Captain Nickel? He says, uh, "Oh, he's just over there at um, at the Smiths." He said he's he's talking to that um, that strange fella that he um, that he brought back with us, um, the the little blue guy. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll go and see him. Keep up the good work, and I'll toss them a silver coin each. It, they, they they catch him, and, he, and he's like, "Oh, thank, thank you very much, sir." And as you're sort of heading in, sort of through the the gate in the palisade, they obviously let you in. You can see that sort of spaced sort of around the palisade. You can count at least like half a dozen of these sort of like these human footmen, effectively like leather armor, axes, shields. As you head through and you make your way towards the smithy, you can obviously hear the sound of like a hammer ringing on an anvil. And you can see Cotton Nickel stood outside the blacksmith. He appears to be talking to a very small, slightly hunched looking figure with a a dark bluish skin who's wearing like a a leather jacket and a, a sort of wide brimmed hat on his head. Okay. Is he like halfling small, like the yeah halfling small previous guy? Is he the same t- color tone as the last guy we met? He, he looks similar, but his skin tone's like a little bit darker. Okay. And was the guy we met kind of furry, or was he kind of skin? He, he had he had white hair and a beard, and like all the hair on him was white. Okay, but, but was it like a lot of hair, like a bear, or was it just like quite a hairy person? It's just like quite a hairy person, yeah. Okay. And this guy is kind of similar in terms of their hairiness. He doesn't appear to be like hairy, but his skin, like he's got no beard or anything like that, and you can't see any hair coming out from under the wide-brimmed hat. But like I say, he's got like a similar sort of bluish sort of skin tone to okay. to the person you met previously. Okay. Cool. Uh, sorry, do we have a house here? I guess we have a building just for us. Yes, you would do. Yeah. Okay. So I think we'll just. Uh, call Cotton and kind of get his attention and then head there so we can have a private conversation with him and our new friend. 
he, he sort of he sees you and he sort of holds a hand up and then he he nudges the, the the small fellow standing next to him and they both walk over in your direction and he says ah my, my friends i'm pleased to see you've you've returned unharmed uh, I, I only got back a day or so ago myself uh, quite quite a long journey up to the fort uh, yes, indeed, but a successful endeavour, it would seem. Indeed, um, um, I saw your, uh, I saw your Mister Buchanan to a boat, and he, he obviously set sail to, to, to Rohaline. Uh, I, and he, he sort of looks a little bit apologetically towards Leopold when he says this. He's like, I'm afraid I, I did try and see if there were any of the Kalner, your kind, there that I could hire, but I, I wasn't able to find any. But I. Uh, I got these uh, six likely-looking fellows, uh, obviously with with the money that you've given me to uh, to act as guards, and I've set them to uh, keep an eye on the perimeter and the the palisades. Mm. Yeah, that is uh, is somewhat disappointing, but I feel yes, I'm sorry. You... I, I I did stay a little bit longer than I'd originally planned, and to, to give uh, it a thorough well, look, but I uh, I just couldn't find any. Uh, can't be helped if. Uh... If we were common, that would diminish our value, I guess. He's but, saying but, he but wanted these... dwarves. <laughs> is the thing. These these uh, fellows you found seem stout and um, yeah, they, they challenged us upon our entry, and they seem to be solid fellow so well, yeah well done uh, well done oh uh, that, not bad for a few minutes uh, thank you uh i think um yes well i as i said i set them to guarding the palisade and i uh I, I gave each of them a list of your names so that and i said when cause obviously i knew you'd be returning at some point and i said well if they give these names then you're to let them straight through obviously once they've once they've rec- they recognise you and they've seen you before, that won't be necessary. But it, it sufficed in the meantime, just in case for whatever reason I wasn't here when you returned. No, it was a very well, very well thought out plan, and it worked. Oh, splendid. Ah, and uh, please allow me to introduce um, this. Any gestures at the small blue skinned individual? This is um, Quilak. He's uh, he's one of the the Ice Walkers. Uh, he, he apparently he hails from the the savage bison tribe. Uh, he's something of a something of a, a scholar of Valconan myths and legends. Uh, now I should tell you that uh, unfortunately you, I didn't have enough money to to hire him, but I was able to persuade him that if he were to accompany me here, you may be interested in taking on his services. But um, uh, and the he says he, he said he can only stay a a day or two or sh- if should you not decide to retain his services he'll be on his way. But obviously I didn't know exactly when you'd be returning. So uh, oh, uh, very well, very well done. Uh, does he speak the common tongue? Yes, he, he he speaks a little of the common tongue, although his his accent is passing strange. Uh-huh. Um, so I'll turn to Quilak and um, <clears throat> uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, we're very keen to get your insight into uh, this strange land for us. Um, and we're willing to pay you 
handsomely for your your experience and knowledge and and um, how much would you be looking for? He says, I would ask a, a mere two thousand coins a month. Do lose? Oh, here we go. Oh, there we go. I'm oh, back again. I think he. I think it cut out. So, uh, I. I think he said uh, tw- <laughs> two thousand. Two thousand coins. coins a that, month. That's where it cut out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll actually think you all momentarily passed out for the price he was asking. Yeah, yeah. Well, that too. I'm going to take a swig of that strong dwarf ale at that point. Yeah. Yeah. As you look across the Leopold, you basically see that like, as he's like two thousand gold pieces a month. Like Brother Lomas is like. <laughs> um, okay, so that is very expensive. Pass me that flask, <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah, I'll pass it over. Oh, I'm suddenly in need of refreshment. Uh, I feel that my hearing is failing me. Does this do do well for the hearing? He says. He says. Well, it may seem expensive to you, but you will not find. A sage offering cheaper rates in Varicona. I am only offering such a meagre, a meagre price since I find myself currently without residence. If I were already established somewhere, I assure you the price would be much higher. Is there something else that we could pay with that wasn't coin um what what do you have uh that's not coin or how much coin do we have no well if you wish to offer me something other than coin i must understand what you have to offer ah indeed sorry so um uh a home food lodgings Mm-hmm. Um, a share in any treasure that we return um, um, and I, I I don't we are we are a hardy bunch of likely lads and you know if, if there was some favour that we might bestow upon you um, such a thing would not be beyond us. Oh, interesting. At this point, can you please roll me 2d6 and add your charisma modifier? And let me know what you got. Six. Okay, six, he says. Well, I suppose I could knock it down to 1,500 a month. In the interest of being charitable, say, friend, where yes. do you keep this fabulous wealth that you accrue from from your work? He says, I, "Forgive me, sir. I, I don't even know you. I'm not telling you where I keep my accumulated wealth." <laughs> no, I, I was merely thinking. You do not appear to be carrying your own bags of silver. Weimar, Weimar, we, we had to beat our way past the crowds of people that were looking to hire this man. <laughs> Don't upset him. 
he says, well, you, you may scoff, uh, but uh, there are no shortage of people seeking my services at Fort Kersey. It was oh, only no doubt. It was only the uh, it was only the the honeyed words of your man here, and he gestures at Cotton Nickel, that um, persuaded me traveling all this way on horseback, and very uncomfortable it was as well. Might be worth my time. Um. As for, tell, tell. as for what I use my money for, research, obviously. Um, so tell me what our money would buy. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, as a show of good faith, ask me something. I My services are greatly in demand as a purveyor of knowledge about this land where I grew up. Uh, my my knowledge was most valued at Fort Kersey because obviously the, the lords and the people there are obviously interested in what they can find out about Val Conan. And I have lived here all my life uh, with my tribe. And, and how far back does your history go? My personal history or the history of my The tribe? history that you were uh selling effectively the knowledge I, that you have i have i have plumbed the depths of the most ancient of mysteries and delved into the bygone eras of val conan now if you're asking for something more esoteric or more difficult it may take me a while to do the research and to f provide you with an answer and obviously there is no there is always a risk of slight errors and such. Uh, the further back one goes, re written records are few and far between. But I can find out most things, obviously within within my abilities. But I, I don't mean to brag when I say that I have been studying the the ancient mysteries and histories of Valcona almost all my life. Go on, test me. Ask me something. Well, we're, I, I don't see that we're any in any position to ask you, sir. You could tell us anything and we wouldn't know whether it was what, right or wrong. Well, in which case, ask me something that you know the answer to. And then you'll be able to check the accuracy of my, of my research. That's uh, a fair comment. I mean, this is all well and good. My, my main concern is if you, if we can provide you with uh, uh, one thousand five hundred in coin, my business head suggests that I would be looking to make perhaps three thousand coin on said information. In which case. I would happily, uh, I mean, I I shouldn't really speak for my companions, but I think it's fair to say that we would be happy to make 1,500 and uh, over the course of a, a, a month and, and supply you with a half share for your valuable information. I'm not a man of law and questions. I'm, I'm a man of practical 
gold coins. Let's let's just put it that way. Okay, and as this conversation is going on, we're just going to like dip out and sort of like go into the the rules for a little bit, just so you guys know how this works. Uh, the way sages work in old school essentials, uh, you can consult a sage to ask them an unusual question. The referee decides the time and the cost required to research the answer, although the cost is what you're paying them. Um, the gem comes up with like a percentage chance of success. It's never 100%. After the period of time has passed, you make that percentile roll. If it's successful, you get an answer to your question. Was there something specifically we were looking to get answered at this point? Or was it just... A I think really what we, will, what we really wanted was to be looking at what we could find out about the smoking mirror hiding under the... While we were building up our strength and, and coming to terms, you know, <clears throat> uh, hiring guards and building up the defences and, and, and doing the trading and getting everything up and running and, and, and finding the treasures of that, that research would be going on in the background. And, you know, over the course of you know a few months, you might find out something or it might send us in, you know, looking for more information very specific to the smoking mirror or some you know kind of guidance in that direction i think is what well that was that that, that was the thought process when i well, said should we not ask him then well tell us everything you know about this smoking mirror is that not a place to start to test him and to maybe give us some insight yeah why not i mean he's clearly a handy guy it's just whether have we got enough questions if it if everybody thinks we've got enough questions to ask him and we can get enough uh, funds to sustain him. I mean, a quick question for John. What what would you say was an average sort of time frame for a question? Is it like a week or you know, how many questions would you get in in a month? It, it, it would depend on the, the difficulty of the question and how sort of yeah, rare yeah. it was. If, if you're looking at truly sort of like ancient law... I would probably go with something like I don't know, like D twenty days. Then if it was a slightly, if it was like a medium difficulty one, maybe D twelve days, and then like maybe D six if it's an easy sort of thing. So maybe sort of one to three questions a month, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it sounds like the, the the problem would be if we don't take him up on any offer, we may never see him again. Yeah, we yeah, may never see him again, and we, could e and we could easily get stuck in a rut of not finding stuff out. If, mm. if, if we've got him on the... I wonder if we could get him on the books to speculatively inquire about stuff. Like, could we give him a, like a... Like a looser brief, like... A, what can you tell us about, you know, research the people of the the uh, glacier to the east and then after a month tell us what you know kind of thing. I wonder if we could do something like that. Or even uh, because we are short on coin, we could just say, well, look, the first three questions are find us the three locations where we're most likely to find historical treasure. 
and build up our reserves. And then once we have our decent reserves and we can pay them for like three months in a row, we can then start using the time to actually have them research the things that we actually want them to research. Mm. Have, have we got the funds for like a trial month? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we do, yeah. <laughs> trial month. Well, it's, it's yeah, so day trial. Trial. yeah, seven day free trial, yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, it is really, isn't it? Because <laughs> after is, a month, yeah. if it ain't worked out, you'd go, all right. Yeah. Well, you know, if I ain't working out, we'll be skinned and he'll be out of a job. So yeah. uh, uh, we need to stress to him that, don't we? That, you know, his continuing deploy- his, in- his continuing employment is directly related to our financial uh, well-being. acquisitions. Yeah. Our success, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's it's do performance this. Performance related. <laughs> 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 we get him on a commission. He can get a bonus for uh, I don't know something or other. Oh decide. boy, <laughs> this, this is this is delving into some real shit here. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Well, it sounds like he could just travel off to one of these forts or something if after a month it don't work out. Yeah. So it's not like we're obviously yeah, yeah. seeing that you guys are discussing this. Uh, Quelex says, "Well, since you since you've not asked me for a uh, for anything for your for your sample of my knowledge, uh, let let me throw you out this as maybe a, a bit of a, a tantalising hint. Uh, a few days before I departed uh, the fort to travel here, a a grizzled prospector who'd gone into the Grey Heights Mountains a few weeks before." returned to the fort and along with tales of savage man-apes and primitive tribes that dwelt there he also brought back some nuggets of what is believed to be unrefined mithril now you're talking bro now i'm sure you're all aware mithril is an extremely rare metal that has curious properties uh, now this has sparked quite the furor amongst people at the fort. Obviously, the lords that rule the fort, they're seeking to consolidate their power base. Uh, and obviously, an influx of wealth could help a great deal with that. And well, it, without meaning to blow my own horn, uh, it just so happens that I was able to to speak to the man in question and find out the area that he'd been in when he found those nuggets. Yeah, what do you think of well, that? Well, I'm convinced. Sign him up. <laughs> Mithril, you say? Sign him up. Hmm. We can't have this Mithril falling into the hands of people that can't appreciate it. Uh, when you say people who can't appreciate it, you mean people who aren't you? Correct. Nice. Okay, so let's sign him up for a month. Uh, <laughs> let's get the information he has about these nuggets, and then I let's set him working on two more tasks to find other treasures. Yeah, while we're traveling. He can while we're traveling, it. yeah. And then when we can come back, hopefully we'll have the nugget treasure and enough to pay him for a second month and then we can use that month to find out more about the immortals and okay 
It's like a smoking mirror. C- cross off that 1,500 GP of your character sheet. Okay, done. We have a thousand left, guys, basically. Okay. Is it all up front, this payment, is it? Yep. Oof. Okay, so he he rummaged, he heads over to um, back to where the blacksmiths are and he pulls out like a large sort of like, you know, travelling backpack that he's obviously bought with him and he, he goes sort of like rooting through it, there's like parchments and books and stuff like that in it and uh, as he's sort of off doing that uh, Cotton Nickel is like um, he, he sort of stands um, next next to you uh, Malcolm and he's like uh, yes he, uh, the, there's another two bags like that still on my horse he insisted on bringing all of it with him okay well hopefully it'll be a worthwhile investment um and uh, tell me now is it fort cursey you were in originally cotton he says uh he says well the uh he says yes it was fort cursey i originally served at okay um I guess this is probably a mechanics question before we go down here. Is it possible to hire spies? Not as far as you're aware at the moment. Okay. What are you thinking there, Malcolm? Uh... I guess I'm kind of thinking... I'm kind of thinking there's two lords and there's us. And there's, you know, there's only space for one kind of kingdom. So mm-hmm. I kind of think we want more information about the lords to make sure that we're the one kingdom. That's... I, 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 th- I think what Malcolm's trying to say is this continent ain't big enough for the both of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm imagining we, 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 are we going to like, so we're going to attack all this. Um, so next up, we're going to go into the Wildsong Forest and see what the, the crack is there. And then we oh. could... Mosey on up towards the Grey Heights. The the original plan after you went to the Wellsong Forest was to try and find the settlement that the other adventurers yeah. had come from, which yeah, is supposed so. to be around here somewhere. Oh yeah, that coastal place. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's fine. So we could like yeah, so so we could head out west through the Wellsong Forest, find this other settlement, and maybe try and um. Talk them round to our cause, find out what what's on their agenda. Then maybe head up to the Grey Heights, explore the this lead that we we're gonna get from our little blue friend. Then maybe do we want to kind of go and check out one of these forts and see actually what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I kind I kind of wonder just looking at the map. Do we find uh, the village? Do both forts? Find oh. out what's going on at both forts, and then swing back into the Grey Heights. All oh, right, back so down in like a big circle. do like a circuit, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because <clears throat> what does everybody think? Of? What is why? What What do you think about that, Weimar? No, oh, it, it sounds reasonable. You know, it's probably you know, 28 days of travel and adventuring and whatever else. So we'd be back before the bad weather came. And Lomas, you you up for that? Well, it's certainly, yeah, it sounds good. It would certainly be interesting to know a little more of what's west 
on the coast if there's anything else west of that or if the uh, the large water carries on round yeah I think so we, we've not we've not really forayed out much to the west we, we've been going north and we've not we've not done the west much so but just just as we were travelling to the fort yeah. we could at least you know see what's in that direction maybe. yeah so swing out through the whale song forest find this little settlement head up to these forts and then swing back via the grey heights as you're having this discussion Quilak comes walking back over and he's holding a, a piece of parchment in his hand that's tied with twine he takes the twine off it and rolls it out and you can see a a fairly well drawn map of the local area showing all the the major geographical features you can see the the grey heights mountains on it he, he points them out to you and he says yes now uh, when i when i spoke to this uh, this fellow had been doing the mining he said he found the nuggets in this area and he draws a shape on the map which i've just revealed must have been dyson logos who done who done that then if he's a mapper it's okay. a fairly fairly big area that he's uh he's detailed there indeed oh right oh yeah what's the cost of mutual per pound oh now you're asking let me just check in my a notes a bunch yeah. a bunch. loads this it's going to be very hard to uh find nuggets of mithril in such a big area surely okay so to give you an example obviously normally an item would be like made of mithril and the the fact that it's made of mithril like adds on to the cost so if you were to buy a single like a single-handed weapon it would cost it would be worth whatever the normal weapon costs plus an additional 300 gold pieces oh yeah right. okay so it feels like we're going to need pack horses or ponies or mules or something to uh, get enough of it and with regards to the curious properties of mithril that Quilak can tell you a little bit about he tells you that the the main uh, the, the main thing about mithril is that uh, it weighs half as much as normal metal and uh, weapons crafted from it bite harder and cut cleaner and armour is more resilient and tougher although I'm not sure you do terribly well with metal armour in the uh, in the Valconan winter, right. but uh, and tell me, does it have the same magnetic properties? Uh, yes, yes. Mm. As far as That's I'm aware. Mm. Okay. He says, ah, so, now I remember back back in the old days, uh, they used to call mithril true metal, and as he says that, you know, Leopold, that that's what your people call it. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And uh, you, and you you would know because obviously mithril is quite valued by the dwarves. You would right. know that in its unrefined state, it's like a silvery black sort of metal ore. But when you like forge it and you temper it, it becomes like this shining sort of like bluish silver color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is um, this is quite a revelation. I feel this is a significant to my people and if we were to be able to secure this 
we would have a lucrative export option for our portfolio. <laughs> but uh, am I right in saying? <laughs> am I right in saying these hexes are six miles? Is that right? I mean, that's like a. If I'm seeing this right, that's like a 150 mile area he's, he's sort of drawn there. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to be pretty lucky to find. It's not a matter it's all of right. Luck. We have we have a we have Leo. Leo is a miner. Oh, I'm a I'm a kind of prospector. <laughs> I'm a mining engineer, sir. MSC. Can I have a, a look at his map and see <laughs> if it's a little bit more accurate in his positioning? Okay, you have a look at his map, and it looks, it looks fairly accurate. But like the shape he's drawn is the shape he's drawn on it. Yeah, yeah. And as, definitely as worth got... a pass. It's definitely worth a look to see if we can says, find something. Now, now I, I do wish I'd have been able to get a slightly more, uh, more precise location on the fellow. But by the time I, I bumped into him, of course he'd, he'd sold all the mithril. That he'd got the little nuggets, and uh, well, of course, what do you think he did with the profits? Mm. Hmm. Right. The mind boggles. <laughs> with, with this map, though, can he shed any more light on our our current map, as into areas of interest or he says uh, well, coastline or anything? He says, "Well, well, yes, I, I, I'm sure I probably could." And um, what, what is it you're looking to find out? Oh, I was curious. How far the coastline, you know, where, where the coastline went to the west, for instance. Okay. Just have a look. How far we can travel by boat to speed up our progress if we were head, heading to the forts, for instance. Okay, so... I'm, I'm, I'm rather concerned by this, um, Brother Lomas. You seem concerned about the beaches and collecting pebbles and shells on the shore when what we're talking about here is... Mithril, sir. This is mithril in the mountains. I'm interested in uh, not wearing the, the the lever of the soles of my my shoes. <laughs> you you need not worry about the lever on the soles of your shoes. If we find this mithril, you have shoes and lever aplenty <laughs> beyond your wildest imagination. Okay, so he is able to reveal some more areas of the map. So, nice. so here. Here and here. Okay. And 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 would his map have a a rough location for this Deerson settlement that we were looking to investigate? He, he doesn't have he doesn't have Deerson on his map now. Oh, okay. But, but we're, we're fairly confident south of the forts. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. you, you think it's somewhere sort of around like this area somewhere? Yeah. So does this does this news, Leopold? Does this this change our our priorities somewhat? <laughs> <in> your eyes? <laughs> ah, ah, it changes my priorities. This is this is what I came here for. This is why I travelled across the seas for such an opportunity to make my name a prospector that, well, generations to come will speak about. Leopold, finder of the mithril. This is what legends are made of. So would you have us travel north up the river and, and into the mountains? 
Well, I mean, we don't need to be hasty. You know, I, I, I've said I'd travel with, with you to the west and investigate the whale song forest, and then we've got these potential ibbity oys and ne'er-do-wells in these forts with their jumped-up ideas of grabbing all this mithril for themselves. That needs to be seen to, and then, of course, then we liberate the mithril from the hills and head on south down the river in, in, in a round-robin fashion, as suggested by our fine companion Malcolm here. Ah, I've got no just, problem with that. Yeah, you just seem to be getting overly excited. Oh, not overly. If you'd seen mithril, you would be excited too, but I suspect you have not enjoyed that privilege. Finances are not so as important to myself, but this I understand. It's not about finances. This is all about reputation. I understand New, New Zealand needs to grow and prosper. And we need information on the smoking mirror. Um, okay, so then we're agreed as a plan. Um, so I think we just need to uh, purchase some rations, uh, maybe a pack pony or two suitable for mountain trekking um, to help us carry enough of the metro back um, because I'm sure uh, in its purest form it's extraordinarily heavy uh, and I too am concerned about the soles of my feet especially if we're carrying multiple pounds of metro ore so um, <clears throat> do we need anything else? This, this we... boat this boat we have is it a, a river boat or is it is it more yeah it's a river kind boat of, okay. yeah it's more handmade canoe so really. it's not gonna it's not gonna travel down the coast then really. no no we kind of needed to acquire up and that down boat last week then. if if the weather was good and you stayed sort of fairly close to the coast you'd probably be all right but much beyond that no it's not really built for it no Here's a question, John. How much would it cost to build a boat that would last? Uh, I was going to say that, yeah. Let me just consult the vehicle section. Well, we did we did talk about trying to set up some sort of wood. wood yeah, that's what I was taught. Yeah, logging yeah. business, logging type, operation you know, to that could then lead to making boat building. more. Yeah, yeah. Especially if we're going to be trading between here and Deersal to try and. Grow the village and... yeah we want some of them like um uh like this in our world something comparable to the uh like the scandinavian uh i don't know the nah the like the the not the viking warship but the the um well i can tell you how much of... a, i can tell you how much a long ship costs yeah, it's like a like a shorter and wider version of a a longship that that uh, the Danes and that use for trading. Okay. Well, a and I'm I'm just looking at the list of seaworthy vessels here because there's two yeah. types of vessels in MSC. There's unseaworthy vessels, so like river boats, effectively, which is like what your boat is, and there's seaworthy yeah. vessels which can do more long haul stuff in a longship, which has a carrying capacity of forty thousand coins. Would cost you fifteen k. Okay. And is is that basically the smallest sort of ocean worthy or sea worthy? It's it's not the the smallest one. There oh. is a there is a 
a small warship or there is a small troop transport vessel which basically is a normal sailing ship but it's been like designed to like carry on more people um, a small troop transport and a small warship cost 6,600 oh, that's, that's slightly better price then and, and again the warships are, are pretty similar dimensions to a normal sailing boat but again, they've been sort of specially designed to carry like mercenaries and like war gear. They're not really okay. built to like fight themselves. They're built to just like fill with men who can. Okay. And both and of those it... have a capacity of one hundred thousand coins. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So that's just something to put on the shopping list, I guess. When yeah. we start getting our logging business working. Okay. Well, this this Deerson village or settlement is probably going to be a, well they seem to be further away from uh, the trees so I think we would certainly be more better suited to be supplying them with them them sort of resources so Indeed. I think it's definitely something to and if you're interested in set up or set in motion if you're interested in buying a beast of burden the the cheapest of those you can buy is a mule for 30 gold pieces and that has a if if you want it to like move at it like a, a good speed, it can carry a maximum load of two thousand coins. Its absolute maximum is four thousand coins, but like that's going to halve its movement. Okay. Because it's going to be like weighed down AF. Okay. How much is a pony? Okay. So I don't really have stats for a pony, but if you want to go for like a draft horse, that would cost you forty gold pieces. Okay. Can we skin a mule mechanically as a pony? Because I don't really want a mule. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll just use the I mule. I already have Leo. I don't oh, need a second mule. <laughs> yeah, we'll just use the mule stats and say it's a pony. That's fine. All right, cool. So oh, we'll have two of them if they're available. Yeah, so that'll cost you 60 gold pieces. They travel at 24 miles a day, so the same speed as yourselves. But obviously they can carry a lot more. Okay. And then... Uh, are we able to buy as much food as we want? Yep. Since we now have ponies to carry it? Yep, you most certainly are. Okay, so I'll buy a month's worth of dry rations and then we can. We just won't have to worry about it going forward. Yep. Okay, and then I think we're ready to start out. Oh, um, I also want to pick up my. I got my. Um, George Tabard. Yeah, that's and, that, that's uh, that's all sorted and nice and pristine for you. Bracelets, so I proper look like a a knight of the judge. Okay, so yeah, you pick up your your sort of tabard and your braces, etc. You buy a couple of um, ponies. You bought a load of food as well. You set off to the west. As you're leaving, obviously you let out through the stockade. As you're leaving. Um, Leopold, can you please roll me a d4? Okay, four. So as you're leaving, Malcolm, you you overhear like two of these sort of like mercenaries. They're obviously on like a bit of a break. You can see like they're basically sort of like filling like pipes. They're keeping a lookout, but they're like filling pipes and they're just chatting. As they're sort of doing it, and you hear one of them sort of just just you catch a snatch of his conversation as you're walking past, and you hear him say, 
Wow. It's hardly surprising, is it? I mean, did you really think the four fort lords weren't going to try and expand? They weren't going to try and, like, get a bit more power over here, you know, like being second sons and all. The other one's like, yeah, that's true enough, I suppose. I I expect um, I expect their uh, their sort of alliance with each other won't last long once once of them get a taste of it. The other one says, no, no. Still, at least there'll be plenty of work for uh, for mercenaries like us, you know, like once that starts uh, kicking off. Uh, you know, any anyone who can sell their sword won't be uh, won't be wanting of a few coin. No, you're right there. You're right there. Dangerous business. <laughs> well, that's the business that pays best, isn't it? And they just carry on chattering. Uh, sorry, John, did they say four fort lords? Yep. Or just fort lords? Four fort lords. Okay. Four fort lords. Uh, so can I kind of just approach them quickly and just say... Uh, sorry, guys, to disturb your conversation. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I don't mean to pry. <laughs> I, I couldn't help but over here. Um, the, the, the one with the pipe looks around and he's like, "Oh, so no. so obviously they know that you guys are paying their wages." So, so, so he's like, so he, "Yes, yeah, so he's like, oh, it's no problem, sir. We 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 weren't shirking or anything, sir. We were just having a a quick pipe, and then we'll be we'll be back to it." No, 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 sorry, absolutely, no problem at all. Uh, you know, you work hard, you deserve a break. Um, I, I couldn't help but overhear you mention that there was four fort lords. Oh, that's right. Um, and we ourselves have only come across Fort Eastburn and Fort Kersey. And I'm wondering if you can tell me anything about the other fort lords and whether they're all aligned or whether only some of them are aligned and what you can tell me about the lords themselves. He says, well, he says, I, I know their names... I know there. I know where the forts are. He says, oh. I, "I can't say I've uh, I can't say I've I've been to uh, to, to Fort Hawk and Fort uh, Eblis myself." Uh, but uh, what way I is, sir? Uh, when when uh, the people were sort of setting out for Valconan, and you know, they a lot of these noble houses. Well, you know what the noble houses are like. Uh, forgiving you, sir. Uh, they, if if there's something new going on, they they want a piece of it, don't they? But well, if you're some like highfalutin noble and you're all settled um, back in Roaline and you, you're not going to want to risk all that. However, as I'm sure you know, uh, in these noble families, well, when the when the Ed noble like passes away, like a patriarch or whatever, when he passes away, it's his first son that like gets everything. But most of these families, because obviously they they have like a lot of kids, you know, continue the line and all that. Most of them have got like second sons. So, well, four of these families, as far as I hear it, they got this idea of like, well, we don't want to risk like our main heir, but like we've got these second sons who like normally wouldn't inherit everything. So they say to these second sons, well, how about we're going to send you on this mission? We're going to send you over to, to Valconan. You set yourselves up there. You can, you'll get a little bit of power while you're there and you'll be like representing our family while you're there. So while they might not have had much at home, while they're here, they're like loading it up in their forts, aren't they? Yes, yes they are. And tell me, these uh, Fort Hog and Fort Eblis, they are further west? Oh no, they're, 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 f they're further north, sir, further north. Uh, ah, they, 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 are they all north in the same line? Yeah, they, they're, they're pretty much in a in a straight line. Uh, ah. Wait, 
Now, this may not all know water, so but way I reckon it is what they're going to do is they're going to build the they built these forts in like a line, and I reckon once they they've got settled and they've got a power base and they're all secure, I reckon they're going to start expanding these forts out into towns, maybe even cities. Who knows? And once you've got a city or a town set up, well then you can start getting more people over from Rowaline, can't you? And obviously, the more people you've got in a bigger city, you've got the more power you've got, really, if you're in charge yeah. of it, the old gaff. Right. Indeed. Well, thank you very much. That was a very interesting conversation. Oh, no, no worries, sir. No worries. And I'll try to meet your copper coin, or a silver coin again. This this guy sort of, like, catches it, and he's like, oh, thank you very much, sir. Much obliged. Anytime. Uh, okay. Uh, I think we should head off then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so obviously you know roughly where the ruins are in the Wildsong Forest, but you don't know exactly where they are, so you are going to have to make a roll to see whether you get lost or not. So whoever's leading your your group, whoever's acting as the Wayfinder effectively, which is entirely down to you guys, you need to roll a d6. If you get anything other than... Uh, let's see, it's a forest. So, If you get anything other than a 1 or a 2, you're fine. Okay. I actually have a... Yeah, if you've got a special ability, skill. you guys can do that. Uh, I just can't remember what it's called. I'd say the hunter's probably the best suited... So I think I basically roll a d12 and still only fail on a 1, or if I still fail on whatever. Yeah, so roll a d12 instead of a d6 and you you still only fail on a 1 or a 2. Okay. It's called Wayfinder, I think. Looking at it. Okay. okay, so yeah, so you have no real troubles in finding your way. I'm just going to quickly... Actually, roll a, is it a d12. Yeah, roll a d12. Yep. What is that? An OSC Advanced Class? It's one of the Dolphin Wood Hunter. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so you guys won't make the entire distance in a day. So you get to there on the first day. You cross over the river using the bridge at uh, New Seal Land. It's a fairly sturdy wooden bridge and you know, big wooden sort of poles next to it, wooden planks. You walk across it onto the other side. As you reach the outskirts of the forest, the outskirts of it look fairly normal. These these sort of light, sort of thin-trunked coniferous trees that are pretty much ever-present in the forests of Varkonen. However, as you enter deeper, you start coming across trees where they have like strange bones of sea creatures and other animals that you can't identify. Just sort of but not scattered on the floor as you might expect to find from like animals hunting and the like. Although there are some bones on the floor from like normal hunting, but the the upper reaches and the branches of these trees appear to have like these bones almost as though they've been like laid on them, like some sort of grisly decorations. And as you move through it, every so often the wind catches some of these bones and creates this eerie sort of wailing piping sound this like high-pitched noise 
that echoes and sounds quite strange as you walk through the forest. I'm not going to make a quick random roll to see if we get any sort of encounters while we're in there. Right, so on the on the first night, obviously you've you've all travelled for a day, so you, you need to take a ration each. On the first night, I presume you're setting up camp in the the forest as per normal. Yep, 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 yep. Look for somewhere that's a little bit sheltered, and uh, yeah. Okay, so. Brother Lomas, can you please roll me a D4? D4. Certainly can. A three. Okay. <clears throat> a three. Okay, so on your watch, Weimar, can you please roll me a D6? <laughs> okay, so why am I? You're sort of it's a little bit colder now as the the days have gone on, and you're sort of like you know like you're walking around the sort of area you found the camp, you know, so trying to like keep your hands warm, like you know, like walk off the cold a little bit, and you're surprised when you walk around a tree and you bump into this grotty-looking guy with like a straggly beard. He's wearing like a leather hood. And sort of leather, a leather jerkin, not armor, but like a leather jerkin. And you sort of, you literally both people have like been walking opposite ways around the same like large tree, and you both sort of pretty much like see each other, and you're like, oh! and he seems just as surprised as you, because you both failed your surprise roll. So you both stand there for a few minutes, like not minutes, but a few moments, like looking at each other, like sort of mouth agape. You weren't expecting to come across anyone here. And then, so, what do you do? Is this person dressed for the weather? He he seems to be. He's wearing like sort of travelling gear. Um, he's got, like, I say, he's got like a big leather hood and stuff like that. You can see he's got like a what looks. Oh, on a second, someone's knocking on my door. Just give me a moment. It's getting very crowded here. Around these parts. <laughs> if you sign him up, negotiate a better price this time, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, we, we um, are just emptying our reserves currently. <laughs> okay, now we can just get to the fort and rob it, right? And then we'll yeah. be laughing. Yeah. Have you, have you been to this fort? No. Just... No. Yeah. When I think of fort, I just think of something a bit bigger than maybe what you're thinking of. <laughs> A bit more sort of sturdy, reinforced garrison. And they all burn. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's why, they all burn. That's so, why sorry about that, guys. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the guy's wearing like a leather hood, mm -hmm. fairly normal sort of traveling clothes. Right, well, I suppose I'll just say hi. He. He looks a bit sort of like surprised that he's bumped into anyone. And he's like, 
What are you doing in the Wow Song Forest? Don't you know it's haunted? Yeah, which is why I almost reached for the sword there for a bit. Uh, when, lo and behold, I had, there's an apparition uh, coming my way. I wonder who you are, though. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, I'm just a traveler. It's like, but I've got to admit, I'm surprised to have bumped into someone in the forest. Why are you raising your voice? You know, just in case the whistling starts up again, just wanted to make myself heard. You know? Huh. So where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm just uh, just collecting some wood, and uh, then I'll uh, I'll head back out to the forest. Got a little hut, you know. Nothing mm -hmm. fancy, but it's mine. Yeah, in the haunted forest. Like, well, on the outskirts, a bit, 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 bit to the northwest. Yeah, it's uh, a little bit haunted. Then he's like, oh, it's not, it's not so bad on the outskirts. Suddenly, when you get deeper in, it starts getting really weird. Yeah, the mild curses are my favorite as well. Uh, I like to. Why don't we skip to the part where you tell me what's going on here without me having to <laughs> dredge it out? He's like, he sort of like looks around a bit and then he he realizes it's basically you and him. And he's like, look, I'll be honest with you. There's me and a few lads. We, yeah, we, 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 <laughs> we you, you, you're really bad at this. He's like, he's like, well, I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting to come across him. Look, there's me and a few lads. <laughs> We, mm -hmm. we, uh, with like the recent like traders going to the forts and that, we, yeah. we, we, uh, we live in the forest near to the forts. And well, when we see a, we see one of these like traders sort of laden down with coins, well, mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt if, you know, a few of them get, get their loads lightened a little bit as they're going past. It's like, we, we don't, we don't kill anyone mostly. Okay. And he's like, to be, he's okay. like, to be honest, I was just I was just heading through the forest to like join the lads, mm -hmm. and then bumped into you. Well, as it turns out, I'm here with some lads, and uh, we're sort of in the in the taxation business, or would like to be ourselves um, as well. It's like oh, he looks a bit suspicious. He's like, all right. So what I'm thinking is we combine our respective resources and we can tackle a bigger caravan. He says, uh, he says wow, uh, he says, it sounds all right, but um, t to be honest, I, I can't really make that uh, I can't really make that decision myself. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not, no, the, I'm not the man gonna, in charge. Sit down. Have a have a have a bit of fish, uh, a bit of drink, and we'll talk. He's like, oh, he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm fine to fine to do that. Uh, but he's like, uh, he's like, well, if if you want to do anything other than that, he says, well, you need to speak to McCord. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's kind of what I meant, <laughs> really. He says, yeah, she she makes all the the big decisions. Right. Okay. Well, we we have a, a, a similar structure. We uh, we sort of headed by a 
well, uh, a, a two-headed beast of uh, of uh, a guy called Malcolm, and then there's there's this different guy called Leopold, and they sort of, you know, they try and navigate this world as best they can. He says, well, yeah, he says, I'm no stranger to that. He says, uh, he says like a lot of us, a lot, um, he says, well, I was uh, I was pressed into service on one of the boats coming over here. Didn't really have much choice about it. And, well, when we got near to shore, a few of us, like, slipped off while other things were going on. And we figured, well, whatever was going on ashore had to be better than having to, like, slog it back on them boats for the return journey. So... We just jumped ship and we came ashore here and we've been making a living as best we can that way ever since. Yeah, no, I can appreciate the, the spirit. Uh, yeah, I, that's that's why any of us are here, right? Wow, yeah. Right, so... Uh, yeah, we should... Um, we should get the boys and... Uh, I suppose... Uh, well, uh, proceed and, and and find find your boss. Well, your figurehead, I guess. I don't know how, what do you, what do you call her, but he says uh, he says a uh, yeah yeah all right then. Uh, so the rest of you guys, to cut a long mm. story short, you're woken up by Weimar coming back into the camp, and he has this slightly grotty looking man with like a straggly beard wearing these like leathers with him looks a little bit nervous a little bit fidgety like, all right put your game faces on we have uh a new friend new friend oh yeah um in the um the the taxation taxation business of, of various merchants and and traders in the region. Oh, the old taxation business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, we don't need to be crass about it. <laughs> okay. And um, uh, there's a there's a gaggle uh, of uh, our colleagues here uh, out in the woods, and I thought we might well have a sit down, talk about how we might work things out. Well, we I'm should definitely that. know our neighbours and fellow yeah. taxation um, experts. A, a mutually a beneficial arrangement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a deal. Deal. The, the, the man steps forward and he says, uh, oh, uh, Enos Barnett's the name. Yeah, so this, like I said, Malcolm, there's Leopold there. What? What? And... Uh, uh, we have Brother Lomas, and uh, and that's our. It's that, it's that sort of raise, raises an eyebrow when you're like, yeah, we're like taxation experts. And you're like, we have Brother Lomas with us, and he's like, yeah, I mean, Bro- Brother you, Lomas you, has got a raised eyebrow as well. <laughs> you have you not seen Robin Hood? <clears throat> no, uh, the, R- Robert <laughs> of the Hood. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, all of us have a background, right? He says, "Yeah." He says, "Well, um, our camp's about uh, 
day to to the northwest of here, give or take. Like yeah. I say, that that's where that's where McCord is. Yeah, that's the boss. Uh, I'll yeah, say yeah, that's this right. to the yeah. Oh. Well, let's um. So if it's a day to the northwest, it's past the Whalesong Forest, which is where we're going next. So why don't we, you know, stop in the Whalesong or the the ruins? Yeah, and then we can move on to McCord after that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. We we probably have some chow, right? If or, if, if, you, if you don't mind, says uh, you know, so I'm quite happy to like meet up after you with like whatever business you've done in like the, the Wales and Forest is like that way. But I really don't fancy like going into the depths. I was telling you, I was telling you the truth, sir. Everybody says to you, Wama, when I say that like it, it's supposed to be haunted and like it gets worse the deeper you go in. That's why we stay around the edges. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. He says, so I'm, I'm happy to meet you afterwards. What do you mean but... by it gets worse exactly there, me old... He, he, says, he says, well, I've, I've heard like, stories about people seeing like strange animals and like weird like twisted creatures coming out of the forest. And like whenever you hear these stories, they always start with like someone like hearing a noise or like seeing a light off like deep in the forest. And then they go mm-hmm. in and they get jumped by something horrible. And he says, I don't, I don't mean to... Like, I mean, there might just be stories, sir, but I figure like, why risk it? Yeah, understandable, understandable. So, what sort of story? So, these horrible things that you speak of, like he says, "Well, I heard this story about this fellow, and he heard a woman crying in the forest, and he went in, and then this horrible thing with like loads of legs like dropped down out of the trees, like grabbed the man who was with him, and just like." <laughs> pulled him back up into the trees and he never saw him again and he lit out there pretty quick and never looked back. Mm, that's quite... Uh, and then there's people who said they see like strange lights early. amongst the trees at certain nights of the year and they hear like strange, strange like noises, like clanky noises, like great chains coming from inside the forest. Like I say, it might just be talk, sir, but wow. I've got me the you know like the whistling noise when you're in the forest as well. Fair sets me on edge. I don't mean to be testing out whether these stories be true or not. Well, whistling in the trees is one thing, but clanking chains. Are you partial to blue-headed mushrooms by any chance? Is that sorry? Have you ever partaken in blue-topped little mushrooms? I can't say I have to be honest. Hmm. Some of your, uh, some of your uh, rumors or stories would be uh, would support the uh, eating of such mushrooms. He says, "Well, I don't know how true they are, but like I say, I've just heard them off other people. But I figure, like, I don't need to go in the forest, so like, why risk it? Ah, maybe they eat the mushrooms. Sounds like you're planting ill-founded nasturtiums, Bavalomus." <laughs> Uh, he says, but as I say, I'm, I'm happy to meet you after you've done your business in the forest, but I don't much fancy like going in, in there myself. So how's about, if you do if you do want to meet, how's about I stay here for like a day or whatever? You go and do what you want to do, come back, meet me here, and then we can like skirt around it and go and see my boss. How's that sound? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is not, it's not the northwest the other I mean 
We're yeah. going northwest. Yeah, can we uh, have the location of this so-called camp and just find it ourselves? I mean, my legs ain't getting any longer. I don't need to catch myself unduly. He says, well, I don't, I don't mean to be like, I don't know whether I, the boss would like me giving out the, the location of the camp, but it's about it's about seven or eight miles to, to the southeast of uh, Eastburn. Just on the very edge of the forest, you know, where it starts going up into the mountains. So, what if we were to meet you in the vicinity? Well, tell, you know I'll tell you what he says, even, a, even easier. Why don't, why don't you just meet me at Fort Eastburn? Everyone knows where that is. I can meet you there, and like I say, it's only like seven or eight miles away. Meet you, meet you there, we can have a walk through. And that'll give me chat if I'm meeting you there, that'll give me a chance to go and chat with the boss, make sure yeah. it's alright. Well, we're going Happy that days. way. We're going that way. Yeah. That, that seems a, a much more efficient and practical plan, to my mind. I don't know what you folks say. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And in, in in what sort of time scale? Should what? take us any more than a day to deal with the uh, rooms and another day to get to the fort. Maybe an extra day to stop in Deer Song, so maybe three days hence. Three days hence sounds good to me. It says it says all right. Then I'll. Uh... I'll take three days time I'll, I'll go to Fort Eastburn I'll hang around for a, for a day get a few supplies whatever if you don't turn up no harm no foul if you do I'll have plenty of time to check it out with the boss and if she's fine with it I, I can take you to meet her and you can have your little chat whatever you want to talk about he says looking at Weimar cool Right then, if it's all the same with you, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna head out, and I'll, uh, well, I suppose I'll see you in a few days' time then. We look forward to it. Right, yeah. All right. Yeah. And he heads off, and you guys start. So you, you have the rest of your night uneventfully. Obviously, you all have to eat a ration. Anyone who's down hit points, you can recover D three hit points, and we'll pick up with you reaching the the area of the ruins the next day. I'm gonna suggest we pause here, guys, and we have a ten minute break. And then we'll jump back in with you guys sort of arriving at the ruins. So we'll be back in 10 minutes. Cool beans. There you are.
John. Yes, ma'am. Uh, can you do me a quick favour? Yeah. And just add that bless spell to my character. I sheet. most certainly can. I tried to do it. I made a bit of a hash of it. I think. Sorry, mate. Let's give us a second. Brother Lomas. Spells. Mm -mm. Spells. There you go. Problems? Yeah, I've got me. I wasn't really expecting to roll like a random encounter bandits and then roll one in, one bandit <laughs> <laughs> and have like both of Johannes and the bandit surprise fail their surprise rolls. Yeah, the definition of bandits seems a bit stretched there. <laughs> yeah, just that one guy. Like, oh, hello. Right, we seem to have lost Johannes for a second. Hopefully, we'll get back on I was in a just moment. I going to say that, yeah. I know he was having some problems with his internet, being a bit sketchy the other day. Alright. It's better out in the middle of nowhere, wouldn't it? Yeah. I just had my like, first caffeinated drink of the day, man. It's like fucking Ambrosia. <laughs> I haven't got that addiction, luckily. Oh, I love my caffeine. I, 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 re I really got into drinking caffeinated drinks when I was working nights. And I was like, I've just got to stay awake. Because I was working like 8 to like 4 in the morning. Or sometimes 6 to 4 in the morning. And I was just like, oh, I need something to keep me awake. So I was just like drinking coffee constantly. Yeah, I didn't do nights very long. That didn't do my body very good. No, it didn't do me any good at all. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was good for the money. Because obviously like... I was asleep during the day, so I wasn't spending any money, and I was getting extra lot on social hours pay, so it was great for that. But me and Hannah never got to spend any time together. When like we did have a weekend, because I, I, my body wasn't used to it, I'd just be like walking around like a zombie like all day. It just made me feel ill every yeah. time I sort of went from one to the other, because it used to be like a week, week on once every month. I think I did one week a month, and it just. Hit me really hard going on to it and coming off of it. See, I was just on permanent nights. Although I remember one time when I uh, they offered me like a, a load of extra money to like cover someone's day shift, so I ended up doing a night shift and then a day shift straight afterwards. Yeah. And like by the time I got to the end of that day shift, I was just like, Nah. I like I had to walk home and I, I lived like half an hour away from where I worked. It took me like an hour and a half to get home just because I was like shambling like my way down the path like. And like staggering around, I, I was like, Do you know, if someone sees me now, they think I'm drunk. Because I, I was like doing sounds, that, you know, where you're swaggering sideways and you're walking. Sounds like me driving back from the Games Expo. <laughs> it takes, takes me about three hours because I have to stop in about three different um, service stations to try and wake myself up. So I, I've, already, I've already said to Hannah, like, when it starts up again, I'm like, even though I can drive now, I'm like, Do you know what, I'm just going to get the train. Because all I've got to do is just get on the train 
and that's it. I can just like sit there and like let the train driver do all the work. Mm. And I'm gonna worry about like sorting out my parking or anything for it. Yeah. Okay. So. I like getting on the old train. I do, man. It, it, let the train take the strain, man. I mean, to, to be honest, I, although I like lament like the service levels and like the amount yeah. it costs, I do. I do enjoy a train journey. <laughs> yeah, I think they're brilliant, especially if you go somewhere where it's nice countryside because you're just on this narrow rail aren't you yeah and you're right you get right in amongst the the landscape and that rather than being on a you know six or eight lanes of traffic and craziness I, you just I, I, I quite like the train i quite like the train coming back from like the games expo as well because like, when we get the train back there's always like other gamers like on the train mm. and, you, and, yeah. you, and you can always like see each other and you can just like have a bit of a chat to people like why you're like coming in oh what games have been playing and stuff like that you know so so that's always yeah, nice you, as well <laughs> If you hadn't had enough games, you could even get yeah. one of them little table, you know, get in a booth with the table, like, you know, them chairs facing with the yeah. table in the middle, and you could carry on gaming right till you get back to your door. Also, I like on the way up, because we try and, like, go on, like, the earliest train we could possibly get, and obviously you're, like, knackered in the morning, and it's nice to be able to, like, sit down, you know, you can, like, put your headphones in or whatever, stick a podcast yeah. on or whatever, and just, like, yeah. just relax and just, like, get off at the other end. Whereas yeah, like, yeah. I, I find driving like long distances like really tiring. Mm. But, right. You can tune into the uh, Spike Pit RPG podcast. Well, I don't know, I don't know about that, man. He's, <laughs> he's, he's not put an episode recently, man. So. Other, other podcasts are available. That's it, in the interest of balance. But not promoted. Yeah. Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. That's it. Okay. So... If we're all ready to get back into it, you guys are carrying on through the forest and eventually you arrive at the ruins. You can see what appears to be the, the broken remnants of a tower reaching up into the air, moored securely in the floor of the forest, littered around the the base of the tower are various bones long picked clean of any meat bleached in the sunlight that filters through the canopy above you see some bones that look almost human others which are unmistakably animals and they lie scattered around the the base of the tower brother lomas as you sort of walk around you can see some of the human bones bear signs of having met a violent end holes in the bones like marks of like crushing blows broken and splintered bones whilst others you look at both animal and human seem to have no obvious cause of death i shall uh say a little sort of prayer as i walk past you know sort of signaling across Chess. Okay. Thinking of those that have uh, come to an unsightly end. Uh, how late in the day is it, John? It, it's pretty early in the day. It's only a short distance from where you made camp to these ruins. So it's pretty early in the day. Okay. And is it like a, like a massive tower or like a relatively, you know, six foot square? Okay, looking at it, you'd say 
it's probably oh, I don't know you'd probably say it's maybe 40 foot across okay. it's circular but like 40 foot across um, you can see it's quite tall um, assuming like the floors in it are of the sort of standard height you'd expect to find in a building there must be at least four floors in the tower Okay, and is there an obvious way in, or is it like kind of holes in the wall? And indeed, yeah. As you as you're looking at it, you can see there is a a wooden door, slightly crumbling with age, but otherwise fairly serviceable. In one side of the tower, and in fact, as you as you look at it, you can see that one of these sort of slightly more complete humanish looking skeletons that's lying on the ground is actually sort of lying on the ground and like the hand of the skeleton is still sort of like on the on like the sort of the metal ring on the door okay when you say ruins with regards to this how badly in disrepair is it really it doesn't look like it's too badly in disrepair, to be honest. There are bits where the stone's sort of crumbling away a bit. You can see cracks in the masonry, probably caused by the expansion of frozen frozen water and stuff like that. And there's obvious bits where, like, damp sort of, like, seeped in. But it, it's not like, you know, like a strong wind's going to blow it down or anything like that. It's just if we go in, uh, you know, just wondering how much, yeah, danger of it sort of collapsing or... Uh, I know, if, if only... If only you knew someone who had the skills to pay those particular bills. Hmm. Perhaps well, someone with someone with a bit of knowledge of like construction tricks or uh, something like that. Yes, I was just thinking. A, a, a skeleton hanging from a door knocker is not something that you see every day. Well, I, I'd hope not. <laughs> it depends where you live. Oh, I, I, I can barely go a day without bumping into some like undead door knocker. Hmm. I say we should proceed with some caution. Is it? Uh, at, hmm. What would be my? What would be my? If I was to look at the condition of this building on a kind of a. A three-point scale, just going for, um, I don't know, like, uh, no, not a three-point scale, no, that's not going to work out. Uh, when would I estimate, perhaps, that it was abandoned in, in a time scale? Okay. So you will get this information, but also can you roll me for your detect construction tricks ability to see if you pick up any additional information? Is that on the sheet? It is indeed. Is it's in your abilities? abilities. It's the top one. Oh, yeah. A three. Okay. So you're just getting the basic information. <laughs> it looks like it was abandoned, like a fairly long time ago however as you're sort of moving up and as you've said you're sort of like you're obviously looking at the skeleton because you're like that's not something you see every day mm. as you're sort of looking at the skeleton obviously you're looking at the door that it's holding the the metal ring to as well you can see signs that like from like impressions in the ground and the sort of hinges on the the door that the door has been sort of opened and shut so used fairly recently 
Although the exterior of the tower is very old. But whoever used it didn't care to move aside the, uh, the bones. Perhaps not, or perhaps the perhaps the unfortunate um, skeleton arrived afterwards. Oh, I see. It it could be either. Or okay, uh, or that happened on his exit of the building, maybe. Then. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think. Uh, He's hanging on to the hand. It seems like he was trying to get in. I, I feel like he was trying to get in from the description, from what we can see. Um, yeah, there's there's been comings and goings, but hmm, it seems like quite an old place. And um, Can I have a look at the ground and see if there are any kind of tracks or anything that might indicate who or what was coming and going? Oh, that's, a, that's a very good point. You certainly can. So you start having a look around to see if you can find anything untoward. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to make a tracking roll. 35, you have succeeded. So you're looking around and... As you're searching around, you find a set of footprints that appears to lead both like away and from and to the tower as though someone had left and returned. As you're looking at these footprints, obviously normally when you see like this sort of vaguely human shape, but like quite big, but you're used to when you see like humanoid footprints, obviously there's like different levels of impressions that like different parts of the feet leave. You know, because you put your weight on different parts of your feet when you're walking, depending on how you walk. When you look at these footprints, though, they're, like, flat. Okay. And they're, they're like, really big. Okay. And they're quite sort of deeply sunk into the into the soil, the soft sort of soil, as though, like, whoever left them was, like, quite heavy. Okay. And are they... Can we judge the creature's height from the stride? Yeah, I think since you since you succeeded in your tracking role, I think you'd say that give an estimate, give or take. Obviously, you can't tell exactly, but given the depth of the impression of the footprints, you think the person's easily six or seven feet tall. Okay. And like, obviously, like quite sort of heavily built based on the depth. Okay. And quite flat-footed. Indeed, yeah. Okay. Or, or perhaps that you think perhaps they were, maybe they were wearing some sort of like shoes or something like that. I mean, you've seen of being where you are now, you've probably seen sort of like the snowshoe type impressions that are left, which are quite flat. But they're just like yeah. big, sort of like, almost like rectangular like footprints that are just like flat. This wouldn't match the descriptions of this cyclops you talked about previously would it nah no. he's bigger than that no no it's stopping his valley he would it's up in his valley i don't i can't see him coming out here to a tower he, he's got a whole flock of sheep and uh, he's i think he was quite busy in his valley 
is there any windows, John? Or yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, windows. Okay, on the ground floor, you can't see any windows. However, as you look up the tower, you can see there are windows on the what you consider to be must roughly be like the first, second, and third floors. Okay. As you. Glass windows, or do they look like there's just an arch? They're just like sort of small, sort of like hole, narrow holes in the uh, in the walls. You can see there's about five or six of them on the on what you see to be the first floor. A similar number on the second, and then there's uh, like four or five on what you think must be like a third or fourth floor. Okay, and do we think that they're like arrow slits or like they're full on? The, yeah, they're, they're like those really narrow sort of windows for like people to like shoot through or just sort of like peek through. They're not like windows that you could like climb through. Okay. So if we, assuming we've done a quick scan and uh, walk all the way around, we're basically thinking the only way in is the door. Is that right? It would seem to be from a sort of the cursory inspection that you guys have done. Okay. Let me um, let me test this door with my uh, sturdy staff. Okay. And uh, I'm going to walk up and try and sort of loop my star through the, the ring on the door with this skeleton hand it's holding. Yep, not a problem. You can easily do that. You sort of like, you sort of just nudge the skeleton aside with your staff and like push it through the, the metal ring on the door. And I'll just try and give it a bit of leverage to try and, I don't know if it opens outwards. You, you sort of give it a gentle pull, the wooden door swings open with a slight... Okay. And sort of, uh, yeah, poke, poke my head round <laughs> from a distance. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to move all of you guys onto a map of the tower. I've just put all of your tokens in the front, the first room near the door. So I'm assuming that we're going to have some problems with like people being able to see stuff. I'm hoping not, if I remember to set this up correctly. But if anyone can't see anything, if it just goes black, let me know. Quick question, John, whilst yeah. that's doing what it's doing. Did this um, skeletal unfortunate have any belongings or anything like that that might give us a clue as to their okay. um, history or as you go over and you poke around the, the bones that have been nudged aside by uh, Brother Lomas you can see that there is a, a badly decayed leather pouch that's obviously like soaked up a lot of the water from like the snow and the ice on the ground and inside it you find 30 gold pieces ah chalk it up sir malcolm indeed that'll pay for one of our pumps there you go indeed quite a nice little bunce so as you guys enter the the first room you can see to the to the north of you so sort of here there is a wooden door and there is also another wooden door here which already appears to be open you can just see through 
into the chamber beyond and you see there appears to be like a, a pile of snow or something similar has gathered in the room and you can see a fairly unmistakable patch of red brown semi-dried coagulated liquid on the floor mm. yeah my screen's not doing anything but... I haven't gotten in yet either ah just as yeah, I it, say uh, that just as it, I say it that. took a bit to load okay. this time. yeah just as I said that it's come up yeah, just as you said that, I could see like you all like dropping onto the map. <laughs> I think it's just taken a little time, but, but now now it's loaded. It should be fine. And sorry, so so there's a door ahead of us, door to the right, and these stairs are going up, are they? Yes, they are. So there's there's a staircase here, like a, a wooden staircase leading up, obviously around the outside of the tower. There's an open door here, which has this sort of red patch through it. So about okay. here, and then there is another door which appears to be shut here. Okay. And how, what does the stairs look in good, Nick? The, sheltered from the elements, the stairs appear to be reasonable. I mean, they've decayed a little bit because they're made of wood, and as Leopold said, the towers obviously look quite old, so they've uh, they're a little bit worse to wear, but like not in the, you'd expect them to like just collapse immediately if you put any weight on them. Not decrepit. So, I kind of think that we should clear a floor by floor rather than going up the stairs. So, because what we don't want to do is get caught at the top with something nasty below us. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly interested in this. What looks like it could be blood on okay. the floor. Uh, and just one final question on the stairs, John. Yep. Based on the weight, I think that the creature outside might be. Would I be confident that it could have walked up the stairs? You think probably, yes. You think the stairs are okay. probably in good enough condition. Okay. And they look like... I mean, even you, Leopold, looking at them, you're like, yeah, they, they've obviously been built to last. I mean, they're made of wood and they're still here. Some good solid oak there. Okay. Indeed. So I think I would like to edge around to here, sticking close to the wall. Okay. And n not to discourage you or anything, but... Just to let you know, guys, as you're entering this area, at certain points there is a very small chance of a very quick death. So I'm just letting you know that. That's a bit random. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, don't touch anything, don't walk. <laughs> and oh, that is what you call... That's what you call foreshadowing. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I can't really give you a lot of details without sort of like ruining it. But but you know like the the certain like sort of save or die like scenarios in like early D and D okay. that there's a small chance if you're not careful that may occur. It's only a very small chance, but okay. I, as long I, as I don't get sat on the bench for the whole session, I'm all right. That's it. Well, well, what, well, what I thought I'd do is I thought if anyone died in the tower, I thought perhaps I'd like bring in the bandit guy you met, and he was like, and he was like, oh, mate, mate, mate oh, well, I don't want to look like I don't want to look like I'm a coward. Like they've gone in, or oh, maybe I'll follow him. Maybe I can find something to rob. So whoever like died, we could have them like play the bandit guy yeah. Yeah, for like the rest yeah. of the session. Then they could gen up a new character at the end. That's, or carry that's on your the bandit prize guy. then. Like whoever catches the one percent death chance, <laughs> it's banditville for you. Yeah. Bandit Jenkins. 
this means if I get killed, I can't fairly podcast about. Yeah, I thought I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having. I'm not having Colin like making like six podcast episodes about how we had to sit that off my game. <laughs> this is a disclaimer. That's if it. you go any further and you you void any any rights to complain, that's it. <laughs> Oh, awesome! I like your style, man. <laughs> well, I, I always feel it because I always I, read the small print. I, I'm a, I, I'm, I'm not going to say like because I think save, save or die things are part of like article indie. I'm not going to yeah, disallow yeah. them, but I don't use them very often. And mm-hmm. I think it is only fair to sort of like say to players like, look, that there's a chance this might happen. So just to let you know, there is a plan to like get you back into the game if that happens quickly, but. Yeah. Just to let you know, so it's not like just wandering down the road and suddenly like you're dead. Yes, because okay. that, that's just annoying. Right. Okay. So, what do you guys want to do? Obviously, we're not in combat rounds or anything like that. Past the ten foot pole, brother Lomas. <laughs> well, I was I was going to put in a vote for uh, Malcolm to search the whole entire tower <laughs> while, we, <laughs> <laughs> while we wait. <laughs> Or let's contact that said bandit. <laughs> oh, it's clear. We've checked it. Yeah, you just go in, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a load of money in there. Um, no, I'd, I would like to um, get closer to this. What I believe might could might be a blood stain or something through that opening. Um, not go into that that okay. room, but just nah, get closer. In yeah, well, feel free to move yourself. Uh, I don't think I can move, my dude. Oh, hang on. I've got. A... I think I've got the wrong thing selected. Am I? Right? Here we go. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to move to there and just okay. see if I can see from there if it does actually look like blood rather than just. Okay, you you peer through and it does indeed look like a blood splatter staining the and it's fairly recent. Like it's not fully yeah, coagulated, and yeah. it's 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 basically like <laughs> splattered on this. This stone cobbled floor. Would I say it was enough to be, you know, a f- fatality? Basically, you don't believe it's enough. Like, there's not enough blood there for like a person to have died from it. Oh, okay. It's just like could... a, it's just like a sort of thin, like splatter on the floor. Okay, so they could be wounded. Yeah, whoever that is. Uh, just, just not wanting to butt in there, but um. I, I can't move my man, John, and I notice I haven't got a health bar, so I think oh, I might, okay. not, be, uh, might have... not be on the right setting or something. Let me just have a quick look. I'll see if I can sort that out for you. I don't know. This might be... Um, hope this isn't a uh, sign of what's to come. <laughs> I, can, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I've got a bad feeling about this. Just give me a I've got no I've, health bar and I can't move. I, I've just I've just <laughs> removed your token. I'm just going to have a quick look. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You, got, you have to sit out the rest of the game now. That's it for you. <laughs> go, go and sit out. Um, Always for everyone. So, all right, so, okay, so it should be showing your hit points. Have you got um, the little man in the top left selected? Yeah, I've got him selected. Yeah. So the, to- the token that. should be all right. Uh, just check your let me just check the permissions for that character owner there's always one okay let's try it 
Try it now. There we go, see if that oh, works. Oh, yeah. That looks better. I don't know what was going on with that. I literally just, oh. like, dragged the character onto the, onto the sheet again. Onto the map again, so... Okay, going I on feel there. a lot better now. That's it. And that's when they get you. <laughs> <laughs> He's lulling me into a full sense of security. Okay, so you you spotted that it is a splattering of blood, but not enough to be like a death wound, brother. Lawrence. But yeah, I do think it's recent. Yeah. Okay, I shall, I shall tell my other companions that uh, it certainly looks like a a blood stain that's fairly recent. Maybe there's no a, trail an of party. There's no trail of blood, though. Well, not without going into the room, maybe. And no, I mean it's not come out here, is it? No. At this point, Brother Lomas, can you please roll me a d6? My, my screen hasn't loaded back up yet. Four. Okay. As you're, as you're sort of like peering through the door, you think you hear like a very faint like rustling sound coming from inside the room with the blood stain. So, I've got to tell you that that's a bit weird that there's blood on the floor and there's no blood out here. That would suggest that whatever made the blood is still in there, potentially hanging from the roof or... Because mm. uh, the stairs are on the outside, don't they? So, well, yeah. Out, outside of that room. room yeah. On, yeah. So that is possibly the only room on this floor. So, like you say, yeah. whatever's in there. Um, Don't you just stick your head around the corner there, brother, Lomas. Hmm. Chuck something in there. Chuck something in there. I'm not in the position to chuck something in there. There's loads of rubble on the floor. Frying a... um, I'll be there frying a piece of... That's true. Something. There's plenty of bits of broken masonry, stones, oh, etc. lying about. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry, John. Is this thing here another door that I can see from where it I It is am? indeed, yeah. Okay, so... Can I shoot an arrow through the open door into that door and see what happens? Yeah, M make make an attack roll. You only need to get a ten or a higher. Oh, you got. That's fine. So thirteen. So yeah, you fire an arrow. It sails across the chamber. And it hits the the door opposite, goes like, boom, sticks in oh, the, yeah, sticks yeah, yeah, in the yeah, wooden yeah. door. Okay. Was, I guess that, we're waiting to see if that attracted anyone's attention. That was into the room I was peering in, was it? That's correct. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. He's like fired straight across. Yeah. Well, I should prepare in case anything does come shambling out or whatever. Listen okay. for any more noises. So you listen and you don't see anything come shambling out. But after a few moments, you hear a a very soft voice coming from inside the room that says, I, 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 I can't. Why, why can't I? But, but I, I can't. Why can't I? Hmm. And it stops at that point, does it? Indeed. A 
and and as it stops again, you hear this slight sort of rustling sound. I say, nuts to this. Let's go up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there is a door actually in the door frame? Isn't it? It's an open door. Yeah, and there's also a closed door here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after a few minutes of not nothing, I will approach the door. Okay. Uh, what, the open door? The open door, yeah. Malcolm, there's blood on the floor. Do you wish to add to it? <coughs> Always. Oh. Uh, and basically what I want to try and do, John, is... Your predecessor was just this way inclined. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, if only you'd have met him. Too, 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 too soon, man. Too soon. Impossible. Too soon. Uh, I'd like to try and use a mirror, if I can, to look into the north of the map. So, kind of, with my back to the door, kind of stick my hand in with the mirror and see if I can see anything up where the snow is. Okay. As you sort of like angle your mirror and you look up towards the roof, you can just make out what appear to be two, maybe three sort of large roughly spherical dark shapes that appear to be sort of like attached or maybe like hanging from the ceiling okay and as you as you look up again you hear this like this quite sort of plaintive voice say, I, 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 I can't why can't I but but, but I, I can't why can't I and the voice seems to be coming from these sphere shapes okay and there's three of them Indeed. connected to the roof, like seems to be. You can't really see any details. You see that these sort of black, sort of dark spheres, sort of like attached to the roof. Okay. So I'll just make the three sign to everyone, so everyone knows that whatever it is, there's three of them. Um, can I see anything else in the snow, or understand where the snow came from, or? It would appear, as you look at it, that it is just like a large pile of snow. You can't see exactly where it's come from. Maybe it was tracked in there by something. You're not sure. Okay. But there's no, like, hole in the wall? Or yeah, any there's, there's no, way, like, obvious, like, big hole in the wall. Okay. Malcolm, is it colder in there? Is it colder? I don't know. It, I, it, I'm it, only it, looking in with the mirror and not going in the room. No, you're standing by the door, though. Is it like, like a draft? You, you have noticed that like the air coming out of the room is noticeably colder. Whether that's right. just because of the big pile of snow, you're not sure. Okay. And there weren't no snow outside at this point, was there? In this you, you're in Balcona and there's always snow. Oh, there's totally always snow. Yeah, but... Um, it's it's not like there's a blizzard going on or anything. It's just like there's just your standard bit of like low lying snow on the floor. So there could be just no no roof or nothing above this. It could just be open to the elements theoretically. Well, I mean, you can see like as Malcolm's looking in this room that there is a ceiling to this room because oh. the, the oh. spheres are attached to it. Oh dear. Okay. I didn't want to hear that. Um. So if I look at this closed door then and without touching it, try and. Examine the opening mechanism, see if it locked or 
it doesn't appear to be locked it's a it's a wooden door rather like the one that um, is opened that allows you to peer into the room with the blood it it just has like a simple like sort of metal doorknob on it okay so I suggest to Leopold that he moves out of the way and then gesture to Brother Lomas that he should use his uh, staff to try and open a similar to the outside door and I'll move back here out of the way I shall attempt it certainly okay Let's just wait for Leo to move in case there's some sort of... Yeah. Mm. I love the way that she's saying, you're like, well, let's wait for Leo to move and the token's like, whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, so if you want to move yourself up, Brother Lomas, so you should yeah, see... Do it from the side. You should see there's like a little door icon if you hover over where the door is. Yep. If, if you click on that, it will open the door. Okay. Okay, so where you are, you can only see like a little sort of a. Hmm. You probably only see like a little sort of smidgen of the room. Yeah, so I shall sort of step into the doorway. Um, can I hear or see, smell, any anything? You don't see, hear, or smell anything particularly untoward. It appears to be a. You would guess from what you can see, a fairly small chamber. And as you open the door, you can see there is another door in like the wall opposite you, okay. of similar construction. And can I sort of just peer inside? Yeah, without actually going in. You peer in. It's a small room. It looks again. It's stone cobbled floors. It looks from like scuff marks on the stone. There might once have been furniture in here, but it now appears to be empty. going to take a step inside okay um i can't actually see the other door uh, it's just sort of up ahead of you here oh, okay um so that i can see the whole of the room and nothing else of nothing of note there yeah nothing jumps yeah. out at you okay i shall head up to oh there's the door there Again, I'll take a, a quick listen at the door. Okay. You listen to the door. You don't hear any any particularly obvious sounds on the other side. A similar sort of door handle. Yep, similar sort of thing. Once again, I shall push at it with my staff. Yep, go for it. The door swings open. Okay. Got blimey. See even less now. Uh, okay, I'll peer into the room and see if I can see anything of note. Okay, you peer into this room. Again, it's a largely empty room with a stone floor. As you look in, you can see what appears to be a large wooden chest in the centre of the room. And what I'll do is I'm just going to move you in so you can like see a bit better. Okay, yep. So there you go. Yep, yep. Okay, I shall uh, pass the word back to Malcolm of uh, a chest in the room. Okay. And it it's it's sealed or shut? It's shut. Sort of unscathed. Looks pretty... It looks in pretty good condition, pretty yeah. Pretty good condition, yeah. 
Uh, is there dust on the floor or any tracks that I might be able to look that people have been in here recently or there don't appear to be any tracks in these two rooms so it doesn't look as though anyone's been in here recently okay and is it quite dusty from like years and years and years of okay um seems somewhat suspicious to have a a chest in the middle of a room in an abandoned tower wouldn't you think indeed indeed uh, is there a lock on it? Or kind of what's the locking mechanism? Okay, you look at the chest, and there is indeed like a large metal, almost like padlock, on the chest. Okay. I I prod at the the floor in front of the door, you know, inside the room yep. with my staff. It seems solid in construction, and yeah, it seems solid. It doesn't. There's no like pitfalls or anything like that that are triggered. Just seems very odd to have a, a chest in the middle of the room. Okay, I shall step into where I am. Perhaps okay. we could uh, loop a rope around it and from a distance drag it, try and attempt to move it. Well, I, I've, I've stepped into the room sort of one square. I'll prod at the chest again with my staff, see if it moves, how heavy it is, you know. Okay. At this point, can I ask you all to roll me a d6, please? D6. Hmm. Okay. So, as you're as you're all sort of moving through these rooms and you're looking around, Leopold, you. You occasionally sort of like catch like a glimpse of like movement out of the corner of your eye, but when you like turn around, it's just like your shadow, like in the sort of dim fl- dim light in here. And then after a few moments, you look around and you notice that, right, occasionally the the shadows in the that are being cast by the various objects that you've seen, the chest, the doors that are open, yourselves appear to sort of like move strangely almost as though they're moving on their own but it's only ever out of the corner of your eye when you like look directly at them they're just like back to where they should be okay gentlemen I don't mean to alarm you and I don't know about you lot but out of the corner of my eye Shadows are doing funny things. There is some sorcery upon us. I fear. I fear this place is cursed. We have fell magic. My shadow is not what it was. And looking at your shadows, they are not what they were either. Nor are the shadows of anything else in this place. There is something mightily mistook about the whole affair it's giving me the creeps I think whatever we are doing we need to do it fast and be gone calm down Neil is this place is this place not splattered with blood filled with snow from a sealed ceiling a mysterious chest in the middle of a room aye we're here to explore, find out what is causing it, end it, and we move on to the next one. 
Mm. So as shifting, discuss- shifting shadows, that's what causes it. I shall continue to prod at this chest. I'm going to step back when he does that, just in case. That's fine. That there's no reaction when you you continue to prod it. I'm going to study the shadows now, John. I'm going to try and see. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to try and develop a strategy where I uh, kind of try not to look directly, but I'm paying a bit more attention to my peripheral vision. Okay, that makes sense. So. As you're sort of like you're trying to glance out the corner of your eye because like when you look at them directly, nothing seems happening. Yeah, After you've been doing this for a few moments, you notice like maybe you're wrong, maybe you're mistaken, but you notice that like several of the shadows, i.e., your guys' shadows, have these like they're sort of your standard sort of dark grey sort of black shadows, but they have darker spots in them that out of the corner of your eye look disturbingly like dark shadowy eyes staring back at you so like um like our shadows have taken on their own uh will kind of or their own that's certainly a valid interpretation yeah 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 yeah. i can we all see it or do we is it just leo after a bit and Leo's pointing it out you can see it, yeah but like I say it's only out of the corner of your eye okay. when you're looking at your shadows however your thoughts concerning that are interrupted when there is a loud crash and the door next to Brother Lomas is like caved in and what look like two large, hairy, arachnid-like legs just basically Ooh. smash through the wooden door, uh, wrap round Brother Lomas, and like <laughs> pull him through the door. That geezer said about that. Said about spiders. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was nice knowing you. Cheers. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> okay, so are we in combat rounds now, or do we still move as we wish? We are in combat rounds. Okay. So just give me a second, guys, and I will add everyone to the combat track of England. There we go. Okay, let me begin the combat. So that should roll the initiative. And handily, it's Brother Lomas going first, which is pretty handy for you, Brother Lomas. So what happens from your point of view is the door next to you just suddenly explodes in a shower of wooden splinters. And like I say, these two large, like hairy, arachnid-like legs grab you and sort of pull you into the room to the east and up towards the ceiling. However, the true horror occurs as you're actually pulled up towards the ceiling. And as you do, you see these three dark spheres unfurl themselves and you see what look to be three sort of human upper torsos and heads but they have what look to be like eight arachnid like legs sprouting from random points on their bodies and as it sort of pulls you up towards the ceiling you see it's got this human like face sort of staring back at you with like mandibles on it and as it pulls you up again in this almost like childlike voice it says I, I-, I can't w- w- why can't I 
but, but, but I can't, why can't I? And all the while you can see these like chattering mandibles with saliva dribbling down and plopping to the stone floor below. Ooh, but the words of the last victim, no doubt. But before they get to act, you get to act, Brother Lomas. Um, I was just wondering if that's actually correct, unfortunately, because I think I had my staff out. Um, Have you got it flagged as a... I think I've, I've normally got the sling sort of marked on my sheet, because uh, if we're sort of encountering stuff, it normally starts at range, potentially. Uh, okay, well, I'll tell you what, um, reactivate your staff and I'll just re-roll it. Because I think I'll probably... Well, doesn't, doesn't that make me go last, or does it just get minuses? It would make you go last, yeah, because it's a slow yeah. weapon. Yeah. Okay, so let me quickly re-roll. Okay, there we go. So you're not actually last, because like Leopold's using a slow weapon as well. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's actually in the rejiggered version. It is Malcolm going first. So, Malcolm, obviously all of that stuff I've just told you still applies, Brother Lomas. You've been pulled up by this strange, like, human-arachnid hybrid. Malcolm, you literally just see these two, like, spider-like legs yoink Brother Lomas through this door. And again, you hear this childlike voice calling out as he disappears into the darkness of the ceiling. What do you do? Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to call out to the others that Brother Lomas is in trouble. It's in the eastern wing. Um... And I am going to head through. Oh, the door is still. Oh, no, it's not. Hang on. Okay, so uh, once I step in here, can I see them enough to shoot at the uh, human torsos? Yes, you can. Okay. Um, what I'd like to do, if I can, without endangering Brother Lomas, is shoot the one that's holding him with a view to getting him to drop it. Right now, obviously, if you are shooting brother Lo towards the one that's holding Brother Lomas, he is effectively in combat with it. So okay. your shot will be randomised between the two of them. Now, if you spend your... You've only like, moved like five foot. If you spend your entire turn aiming, normally it would be 50% chance like on a D6. One to three, you've hit Brother Lomas. Four to six, you've hit the spider creature. If you spend your entire turn aiming, it'll be one to two, you hit Brother Lomas. Anything else, you hit the spider so it like doubles your chances okay. basically okay uh, I don't think I want to risk it I think I'll shoot the next one over uh, this one here if that's okay that is absolutely fine so make your roll whoa Okay. Okay. So, so you fire an arrow. It strikes the. Because obviously you're trying to do this like quickly, because Brother Lomas has been grabbed. You fight. You sort of snap off a shot. Unfortunately, it like hits the the ceiling next to one of these creatures and like sticks in the ceiling. Okay. So we move on to Weimar. Right. So, I was the rear guard, and now shit's kicking off. Indeed. So, I suppose I can see what I can see. Yep. And there's a spider 
that I know like there's some things going on and um, uh, it's it's visible to me I guess that's yeah because the uh, there's a there's a door icon so that's an open door yep, yep. through which I can see it so I will so you, you're firing at this one here are you yeah that's what I'm thinking okay go for it as soon as I can get my sheets here we go Okay, 12. Okay, you have hit. Three damage. Okay. So let me see if I can select the right one. Yeah, there we go. So you hit this. You hit this spider thing, this weird human torso with these spider legs randomly coming out of it. And you hear this sound that almost is like half a cross between an angry snake's hiss and half the sound of like air escaping from like a punctured bladder. And you see this thing sort of like wobbles a bit. And then it actually like drops down onto the floor. It's still moving, but you can see like this sort of pus or like icker leaking out of it sort of quite freely and you see that your your arrow has sort of lodged deeply in it and obviously inflicted a serious wound okay so the spider creature the one that's injured that is going to scuttle over here and it's going to have a pop at Leopold because he's like stood right in the door Oh, and I was just going to say, if I throw this hammer, does that still make me at the la last go? Yeah, because it's still a large weapon. Oh, right, okay. Okay, so the spider. Okay, it has hit. And it does you four hit points of damage, Leopold. Oh, I, I see, John. There's a, there's a thing at the bottom of your attack there. Okay. Oh man, have I took off the wrong thing? Although to be fair, these don't actually have the death poison. That's not what I was talking about earlier. Because I'm just basically using like normal giant spider stats for these creatures, but they're not actually giant spiders. That's not what I was referring to when I was talking about the threat of instant death earlier on. Okay, so we go on to the next spider creature. Which is this one here. It is going to also drop to the ground and it moves to here because it can't get to any of you guys. Because Brother Lomas is being like dragged through the door and the other one's blocking the door with Leopold. So, next spider. This is the one that's grabbed Brother Lomas. It's just going to be doing a standard attack on him. Okay, so Brother Lomas. What's your... What's your AC, Brother Lomas? Uh, 11. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. It has a hit, and it inflicts five hit points of damage on you as it bites into you with these chunky mandibles. Okay, and now it is Brother Lomas himself. That's right. Uh, okay, so one of them's got me, got hold of me. Can I still sort of stab at it or you most certainly jab at can. it with my staff? Yep. So I shall try and plunge my staff into its underbelly. Go for it. Um, there we go. Um, 11. Okay, no. unfortunately they have an AC of 12. So you sort of, you, you try and batter it with your staff, but obviously you're midway through the process of being like pulled up into the air, so you're not able to land a decent blow on it. Okay, so finally we come to Leopold. Facing I off against will. this already injured spider. Yeah, I was about to throw my hammer, but when it pounced upon me, I just uh, bring it down on its head. Dong. You've definitely hit. Uh, and for one hit point of damage. I've got some strength there. Uh, oh, so it's five points altogether. Okay. Okay, so would you like to describe how you dispatch this already injured creature? Yeah, I think it, it, it like lunges up towards me and I just crack it one and it's 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 head more or less just splits open and it, it writhes about a little bit and then collapses to the floor indeed so as you're getting close up as i've said you can see it's not actually like a normal spider it's oh, like yeah, it's like an yeah, upper so. human torso with like a human face and That's then right. just like at random parts of these spider limbs coming out and you just like bring your hammer down on this twisted distorted human face and it yeah. explodes with a sound like a ripe melon cracking this creature the creature sort of like falls down to the foot its legs twitch for a few moments and then it lies still and then can I back up a bit? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm going to fall back to where... Why am I standing? Okay. So. And I'll shout some abuse at that other one that was coming. <laughs> no problems. Would you care to avail us with any of the choicer insults that you throw at them? I don't think it's fit for public consumption i understand there is a torrent of dwarven swearing and cursing <laughs> at these vile Invective. creatures indeed <laughs> okay so we are on to the next combat round it's malcolm obviously i've sort of what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna move brother lomas a bit because he's not actually in the door now he's been like pulled okay. up with the spider okay uh Cool. So what I want to do is basically grab my sword and shield and run in here. Yep. And lay down the law on this particular spider. Go for it. Show them how it's done. Uh, You're going to judge it? I am. Go to you. Uh, Excellent. Cool. You've definitely hit. And you've done it six hit points of damage. He is charged. 
So you literally run underneath this thing as it's trying to put, as you can see, the, the sort of silhouette of Brother Loma sort of struggling as it's trying to like grab it with its arms and almost like wrap it up. And you literally run underneath it and like stab your sword into it. There's like this rain of this like ichor that just like pours down on you. But you can see, you hear this thing screech and it actually lets go of you, Brother Lomas. You sort of drop down into the snow. So you're, although technically you're still sort of in combat with it because you're adjacent to it, it's no longer sort of holding you up near the roof. Luckily for you, because you've landed in the snow, it's not going to take you like any time to like leap to your feet or whatever. You're not going to take any falling damage or anything like that. That's good. Okay, so why more? Okay, so so Leopold is packing off from the door. Yeah, basically, as you watch, Leopold's like backing up level with you, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll. Okay, yeah, well, second arrow. Go for it. This one. Yep. Do I actually? Because I, yeah, let's see if this works. It should, and it does. So. Oh, but that doesn't work for me at all. The damage would. Indeed, another arrow flies off and it sort of like into the snow next to it. Yeah. You found your form there, Johannes. You found your form. Yep. I, I'm only missing the third six, by the way. <laughs> okay, so. This spider is now going to run into here between yourself and Leopold. I'm going to, because it's got no preference about which of you it attacks, I'm going to roll randomly. One to three, it's Weimar. Four to six, it's Leopold. Okay, so it's Weimar. So. Okay, it, it hits, lashing out with one of its legs and causes you four hit points of damage. Yowza. Is this... Is this... Um, well, I suppose what I'm uh, going to ask is are, are these making like human noises? Uh, yeah, they're, 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 re they're repeating the same phrase that you heard. The same, earlier. exact same thing. Yeah, exactly the same, the same... Puncture, although it's a little bit quieter and as you're sort of like madly trying to fight this thing off you think that maybe like the reason it sounded louder earlier is because like all three of them were sort of doing it in sync and you were sort of hearing all three of them but you thought it was just one voice whereas now it's just like one near you doing it it's a lot quieter yeah. but it's the same exact okay. phrase the same the same pauses the same intonation the same everything yeah. that's not better <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So the spider that's up near Malcolm and uh, Brother Limus, it's going to attack Malcolm because you're like the only one who's damaged it, really. All part of the plan. Okay, so I'm guessing with that incredibly poor roll, it has most definitely not hit you. No, so not. it strikes out at you, but having just been majorly injured, it's sort of flailing around uncoordinatedly, and you easily just sort of sidestep one of these arachnid-like legs as it like lashes out in your general direction. Okay, Brother Lomas, you're sort of like picking yourself up. This this arachnid's like flailing around crazily, legs everywhere. 
in the yeah, s snow is being thrown up into the air. I'm looking for revenge, so I am uh, going to once again uh, hit out with my staff. Give it a sharp. And obviously, Leander, Leander favours your vengeance. And as you, as this creature sort of like gets itself together and it leaps towards you, no doubt intent on clamping its mandibles, you bring your staff down in the middle of its squishy, humanoid-looking interior. And it's almost as though it was like a water balloon filled with pus and ichor. It explodes with a loud squelching noise, showering both yourself and Malcolm in its foulness. Yeah. Unpleasant, but it is dead. Okay. So, Leopold. I will bash it with the hammer. Yeah, you hold up misery's end. Yes. Stand back, Weimar! Boom. Ooh. That's bad. No, 12 is exactly what you need to hit it. It's got an armor class of 12. So you, nice. you hit it and you deliver a vicious blow that basically caves in like three of its eight legs. And it's now sort of like leaning over to one side, like sort of trying to scramble around, not really, not really moving fully. But it is still clinging onto life with grim determination. Have I, have I ever heard tell of these things in you've, you've, heard, you've, heard tell of, you've heard tell of giant spiders, but like I say, these things are like human torsos with spider yeah. legs on them, and that, that doesn't ring a bell at all. No, right, okay. Okay, so we go on to the next combat round. It's Malcolm. Sorry. Okay, so I... I mean, who, who'd have thought a tower in the middle of some haunted woods? Who'd have thought sorcery, man? Yeah, I know. Oh, no, it seems most irregular. Three, four, and here we go with some judgment. Oh, you know, not. <clears throat> I give him a haircut. Yeah, you run in and you slice off some of the sort of bristly fur that's on its body, but you don't actually land a damaging blow on it. We then move on to Weimar. Okay. Um, I have the longbow, which is going to get slung, and that's fine. Uh, out comes the sun sword. Nice. And here we go. Swish. Not really. So obviously, I'm just staggering back from its vicious assaults. Indeed, you as you stagger back, you swing, but the the sword sort of is like about an inch or two short of the beast. And speaking of the beast, again, it doesn't really because none of you have really damaged it. It doesn't really have a preference, so I'm just going to roll one to two, Malcolm three to four, Weimar five to six, Leopold. Okay, so it's Weimar again. Oh, yeah, the vicious assault continues. 
<laughs> However, I'm guessing with an eight, mm. nine yeah. with its modifier, uh, it's probably not got you. Yeah, at least I don't have armor class nine. So yeah, so as it sort of like scrambles towards you, it's hampered by the fact that Leopold has like staved in like three of its legs. You think like normally it would have just scrambled and then like lapped on you, but it's like hampered by the fact like half of it's sort of like trailing behind it, yeah. and you're easily able to sort of like sidestep it as you're sort of dodging backwards out of the way of it. Okay. Brother Lomas. Well, I feel it would be rude not to join the party. Uh, so, don't I'm forget gonna, to bring a bottle. Uh, I'm going to bring a staff. Uh, bring a staff. Yes, or not, as the case may be. Okay, so Brother Lomas, you run in. You do jab at it, but you don't appear to inflict any major damage to it. Leopold. Right, and wind up a big hit. This is it. I grow tired of these spiders. Be gone, foul beast. Yes, you are last oh. year's news. Yeah, so as Leopold says, I tire of you, big gone, foul beast. And as it again leaps towards Weimar, you see like Leopold sort of leaps up in the air and basically goes and brings Misery's end down on it and again it explodes in this sort of cloud of foulness Brother Lomas you're like I know what's going to happen here and you're like duck behind the door <laughs> the, the, the other three of you get like drenched by this ichor sort of like exploding out of this creature ah. so I continue to stagger back Indeed. the assault turns into a flood Indeed. Suddenly. So you're all stood around. Obviously, it's been quite an exertion. You're all like panting. You're all a bit out of breath. But after a few moments, nothing further appears to menace you. Um, can I examine the snow to work out where it might maybe have come from? Yeah, go for it. Don't eat any of the yellow snow. No. Okay, uh, as, as you're looking at the snow closely now, and you're not in a battle, so you can take your time about it, you can see it actually appears to have been like deliberately piled in this corner. Okay. Like it's not, you can tell by the pattern of it, because obviously you're a hunter, it's not fallen like this. Someone's basically like bought in, like, for want of a better term, like armfuls of snow, and it's just like laid it down in this area. Okay. Well, it's going to have a bunch of dead people in there or something, man. That's their cold store. Yeah, so I definitely like to dig through it and see if we can see anything. Okay. That is absolutely fine you dig through it and you find a a number of scatterings of bones that what might be the remnants of past meals of these creatures and you find one corpse looking like a fairly standard person wearing that standard like traveling gear and it must have been bought here fairly recently or perhaps it's been preserved by the cold as leopold was suggesting but it's it's the only body that's fairly intact okay and is there any kind of equipment or anything on the body, or is it just like a... Okay, let me just check for you. Boom, boom. Uh, 
Okay, you can see they don't really appear to have any items. However, the you see that underneath the body is a, a wooden shield, um, and there is they are wearing leather armor and they have a dagger. Okay. Um. So I'll just whistle across to see if anyone has any interest in any of that kind of equipment. Um. No. In, in which case, I'll just take the dagger. Um, okay. Uh, how are you feeling, Brother Lomas? Do you still want to look at this chest, or are you um, in need of? Well, I might. I might use my uh, one of my cure light wounds just to top myself up. Uh, are we still getting this? Am I still seeing these sh shadows with eyes? You are um, indeed. Uh, Come on! Enough of this messing about with your mutterings and mumblings. The shadows are closing in. They're looking at me. I can see them boring a hole in the back of my head with their staring. Okay, so so you're casting cure light wounds on yourself, brother Lamas. Is that correct? Yeah, quick breather. Okay, so as as you're doing this, the the sort of sound of like Leopold like talking about the shadows seems to like fade away, and everything seems to go. Everything seems to go dark, and you you find yourself stood on the shores of a sunny beach with very clement weather. As you look out over the seas, you can see a ragtag fleet of ships of various different kinds approaching the beach. As they arrive on the beach, you see... A ragtag group of people sort of dressed in rags carrying various bits and pieces climb off and the very first person to jump off was standing at the prow of one of these boats he jumps off lands in the water wearing metal armor and walks up onto the beach you recognize as from the depictions you've seen of him as Leander As he walks up the beach and he's like helping people like pull their belongings up onto the land from the ragtag fleet of boats, like people are people are surrounding him and they're they're praising him for seeing them safely to a new land. He appears he appears humble, and he's he's saying to the people he's saying, oh, th "Thank you, and I'm glad we've made it here, but I, I do not deserve your praise without the without the carpentry skills of the of the great Kalna craftsman." We would not have made it this far and as he's saying that he gestures to the left and you can see further down while like, more boats are landing and people are piling off there are eight dwarves Kalna who are sort of walking up the beach towards him one of them steps forward like, a large bushy beard and he says uh, you give us too much credit Leander if it had not been for your guidance we would all surely have perished everyone played their part then the scene abruptly cuts and you get the feeling of that a number of years have passed. You see a slightly older looking Leander sat in a large stone hall with the same eight dwarves, although they appear much the same. Leander says to them, the old gods have failed us. Where were they when Valconan fell into the great winter? But my friends my brothers i have had a vision this world needs new gods 
You helped me once before. Will you join me in my quest to find these new gods? The the eight dwarves look at each other and there's a number of nods go between them. And the one who spoke earlier says, We stood with you before. We will not forsake you now. Where you lead, we will follow. And then you snap back to the present in the tower and you feel the strength of Leander flow into you, restoring a heavenly six hit points. And as you look around, although it felt like an appropriate amount of time had passed during that vision, as you look around, it appears like only like a split second has actually passed in the tower. Mm. Um, there's no real sense of where that's come from, is there? There's no overwhelming... No, but ever since, ever since you sort of said your prayers and you were asking for Leander to to sort of enable you to like give his blessings to people you felt as though you'd somehow moved closer to to your god perhaps that's what caused it who can say for the ways of the gods are strange and not for mortal men Mm. to understand that's the first first sort of uh, call on him since so okay I don't feel uh, any sort of stronger presence from this structure or anything. I got any. You don't know? No. Okay. Lomas, come on, snap out of here. You, you, quit the daydreaming. I feel like I'm talking to myself here. What about these shadows with eyes looking at me? So, staring uh, off into the snow uh, in space. And in fact, Brother Lomas, that's how you know that like, the vision has ended. Because yeah, like, when, it, when it first that. starts, you hear like, Leopold going like, oh, I've seen these shadows with eyes. And then yeah. it faded out. And then as the vision's ending, you're like, oh, that was nice and peaceful. I've, I've seen my God. Like, your, your your sort of harmony is intruded on by this voice going, oh, there are these darker patches in the shadows. Bloody look yeah. at me. What's going on with it? say a few words under my breath now. I wish I could go back there. Stop mumbling. <clears throat> Come on. Now, Leopold, I don't take this the wrong way, but did you have any of the blue caps before we came in? What are you trying, I'm to, not, say? I'm not, what are you trying to say? Because I'm not seeing the... whatever you're saying. Look, look at... just stand still. Stand still. Pretend you're looking through that door, and then just kind of... Yep. At the side of your eye, at the side of your eye, see your shadows... Don't look at them. Just side of your eyes. You'll see what I'm talking about. Why don't we see if taking one of the blue caps heightens? Yeah, I was just thinking that myself. Uh, perception. Oh, well, that's a good idea. Yeah, because I'm creeped out enough as it is. What I want to do is go sh- run, run screaming from this tower. Surely I'm already having would. a bad trip. I, 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 I do love the logic. Like, oh, uh, Leopold's seen something creepy. Bang some of these hallucinogenic shrooms down you. That'll sort you out, son. No, no, I, I was... I was you you crack on, Malcolm. Someone, you crack on. Give it to someone with a bit more stronger of the mind. Stronger than mine. I'll give you stronger than mine. On the I'm, wrong I'm, end of this hammer, son. You'll feel... Well, why, don't you, that's why don't you take your hammer and open the chest for us there? Like a good little... Good little... Did you say... Did you, did you say... Did you just call me little? Did you just call me little? 
No, no I said you're a minor. You said little. You said <laughs> I distinctly heard the word little in that statement. You are shorter than I am. I so. may be shorter, but what I lack in height, I more than make up for in girth, let me tell you that. It, Sidewise, Lair. Is it wrong that when you started isn't. saying that, I was thinking of exactly the same sentence to follow up on that? <laughs> you, want, you want to play with your chest, you play with your chest. I'm keeping an eye on these shadows that are keeping an eye on me and keeping an eye on all you lot. Well, say, I'll keep an eye on them. You have the hammer, so... Yeah, I have the hammer. Yeah, and you could maybe put it to use on the the thing from a distance. Yeah, from a distance. Now you're thinking for once. So what's the plan then? Right, I'm gonna roll up to the door. Yeah. I'm gonna stand here, and I'll. Uh, Launch misery's end at the chest. Okay, make an attack roll. <clears throat> Obviously, you will hit it eventually. This is just to see how long it takes. Yeah, no problem. You throw it in. Your first shot hits the lock on this chest, shatters it. the The lid flies open. As it does, you see a number of like darts from a concealed trap inside the lid go. And they stick in the wall because there's no one there. Mm -hmm. The hammer, obviously you hold your hand out, the hammer zooms back into your hand. And you can just make out what appears to be the glint of silver in the chest. There you go, Malcolm. I'll give you fucking little. There's your oh, you're chest. A, you're the best little miner we know. <laughs> <laughs> There's your chest. Fill your boots. Um, <clears throat> right. So, uh, this door, John, that yep. I guess kind of leads us under the stairs, is that the same as the rest of the doors? Sorry, which door is it you're looking at? Uh, the one right beside me. This one here, I think it is, sir. Yeah, it's the same as the others. Okay. Uh, so, assuming nothing has gone dreadfully wrong with the chest, I'd like to open this door with my sword. Go for it. And see what I can okay. see. Okay, you open the door. It appears to lead into a small chamber. And as you open it, the smell of like mold and rot wafts out at you. And as you look in, you see that like maybe this was once like a pantry. And there's just like the rotted remnants of like bread and bits of food, all sort of thoroughly spoiled and now sort of forming this layer of decay on the floor of the small room. Okay. So I think probably I just want to close that door. And, uh, should we examine the chest? Well, hopefully what, what, what was there to stop people getting what was the contents has, has been triggered and set off and Hopefully it's now safe. Okay. So, so let me... I have handily disarmed it for you, gentlemen. In the most subtle of ways. With a flying hammer. You made short work of it. Balls mm -hmm. hammer. Yeah. 
Everyone takes one damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as um, I radiate scorn. Uh, so I guess yeah. What can I see in the chest from like, okay. five feet away? You, you look in the chest silver. and you can see a pile of silver coins. Okay. So I guess I'll go over and kind of root through them with my sword and make sure nothing untoward happens. You can you could obviously see the mechanism that fired the darts. It's in the lid of the chest. It was obviously conceived that when you open the lid, the darts would go and hit whoever was stood in front of the chest. The darts have been fired. The mechanism is now useless. You poke around in the coins. Nothing else untoward happens. Okay. So I'll scoop out the coins and see how many there are. Okay. You now have a hundred silver pieces. Okay. Quick question, John. That mechanism in that lid, that lid of that chest. Yep. Would that be considered advanced by our standards back home in our town? Not really. It's just a, no. a crude device for for okay. launching a projectile. Yep. It's a lot of effort for a hundred. Silver pieces, or not a lot of effort. Seem it apparently. Mm. A bit of a dank, shoddy. True. Uh, can I examine the floor of the chest to see if there's anything underneath? Yeah, you you poke around the floor in the chest. You don't find anything untoward. It appears to be stone, like flagstones, as with the rest of the floor. Cool. Uh, next question, John. Yes. If if I trace one of the, the the flight of one of these darts to where it ended, and yep. um, uh, pull it out of the wall, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to Brother Lomas. Okay. To see if he thinks it was uh, poisoned or anything like that. If he can sniff anything. He's got a big nose, I'm sure he could. Okay, you have a look at the darts, Brother Lomish. You don't see any sign of poison on them or anything like that. I'd say this is common common dart. Okay. Fairly cheap. Yeah. You've got six darts to score 101 or more. This is what you could have won. I was going to say, well, as the old Valkonian phrase goes, you cannot beat a bit of bully. Stay out of black and in the red. Nothing in this game for two in the bed. That's it. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, I think I shall head towards the staircase. Okay, no problems. Feel free to move yourself. It was over here, wasn't it? Yep. So for our international friends, that is a reference to a UK television show called Bullseye that is long gone but you can catch it on uh, I don't know YouTube or something like that Pro or, probably yeah. it's still on Dave every once in a while isn't oh, it oh is it on Dave all sorts of I channels love Bullseye. I should imagine across the world okay so here's where you could have won Brother Lomas are you uh, are you heading up the stairs uh, I can't actually see where I'm going uh, uh, perhaps I should go first brother just to yeah by all means I was just uh, trying to get things moving. Okay, okay so 
as you guys start making your way up the stairs, you get about halfway up the stairs, Malcolm, and you notice wisps of a low-lying mist glimmering with a soft light drifting down the stairs. Almost like, you know, when people set dry ice off and it sort of clings to the floor, but it has like a very faint sort of ambient glow coming from it. Okay. And it appears to be sort of coming down the stairs. Okay. Does it feel cold or warm, or is it just? As you, I mean, are you going to put your hand in it, or obviously yeah, you're like, like yeah. you, you put your hand in it, and there's like a there's like a faint sort of like tingle in your skin as you put your hand. In. It doesn't do you any harm. It doesn't really feel cold. It's almost like you know when you um, you know when you, there's like a lot of static in the air and like the hairs yeah. rise on your arm. It feels a little bit like that. And you okay. notice when you sort of pull your arm out of it for a few moments, it's like the last flickers of mist cling to your arm. It's almost as though like the, your arm is like very faintly glowing, but as the mist disperses, the glow fades as well. Okay. And how high up does it go at the moment? Is it like kind of knee high or ankle high? or? It's, it's about ankle high. Okay. Sorcery. And is there any way to kind of get up onto the banisters and channel my inner Legolas to walk up oh. without... Uh... G- given, the, given that the staircase <laughs> is fairly narrow, you could possibly sort of like one leg and one arm on each wall and try and like move That'll your way along like that. Uh, I'd like to try that to see how high I can get without touching the mist anymore. Oh, you want to get high? Brother Lamas has got just what you want there. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I need to get a like, lot higher, and Brother Lamas is like, yeah. one step ahead of you, brother. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you, can you put, and this is more like strength-based, because you're having to like, hold your weight up, so can you make me a strength check? And this is just to see, you're not going to like fall down and like, hurt yourself, it's just to see how far you get. Like If you fail, it's just basically like, oh, you've like dipped into the mist as you've been trying to do it. Okay, hang on. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah, if you want, you can make it all the way up the staircase without touching the mist. Okay, so I'd like to do that, see what I can see on the next floor. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to move you up to the next floor, and that will be on the right. If you like, scroll to the right, you will see that I've just sort of moved you up to that bit of the map. Okay, perfect. So you've literally made it to the top of the stairs. You're sort of still like on the wall, and you can see that the whole sort of floor of this area appears to be sort of like have this low-lying mist sort of hanging over it. But at the minute, you're still sort of like up on the wall, so you're not touching it at okay. all. Okay. And can I, you staying up high, get around the corner to see what's in the centre of the floor? Yeah, you passed your roll, so yeah. And you got a one, so... Okay. okay, as you peer round the corner into the room beyond, you can see in the centre of the chamber is what appears to be a large cast iron cauldron. And you can see sort of cascading out of the top of this cauldron is this softly glowing mist. And it sort of like pours out like dry ice and then gathers around the floor and is trickling down the stairs. As you look around this room, you can see the the spots of sort of like greenery that you can see on the map appear to be sort of like strange plants that are like growing from the floor, like out of the mist. And they look like 
your normal sort of plants you'd expect to find in this area, but they've like they're sort of like twisted around and they've grown in strange patterns. Okay. I'm sorry, the cauldron is here, is it? Indeed. And you can also see what appears to be a dead body lying beyond the cauldron. Okay. Yeah. And is the mist covering the entire floor? Indeed, yeah, but like I say, it's only it's only like an inch off the okay. floor. Like I say, you can see this body sort of like above the mist. Although okay. like you can't really see the details, like wisps of mist are going around it. Like so at the distance you're at at the minute. Okay. And then the snow is the same as downstairs. It is indeed. Pile it in. Okay. Yep. And does it come above the mist or is the mist on top of it? It comes above the mist. Okay. So can I jump onto the snow and stay above the mist? You, so might, like... you most certainly can. So move yourself across. And whilst you're doing that, I'm going to ask, what are the rest of you guys doing? I'm listening on the staircase. For the okay. uh, sort of go ahead to continue up. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm just listening, like, uh, be like oh, if, 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 if it, looking around nervously. If, if it's not safe for us to come up, Malcolm, just make a noise like, ah! <laughs> help! Okay. Or, what, what, ah! what are you doing, Weimar? Keeping an eye on the shadows. I understand. Did and you see? Did you after see a few minutes, you do start you to see? notice what. What um, Leopold is saying, like every time out of the corner of your eye, you're like just sort of sideways glancing one of your shadows. They appear to be moving almost as if under their own volition, and you see these like darker spots where eyes would be on a person. But as Leopold rightly told you, whenever you look directly at them, the shadow just like instantly snaps back to how it should be and looks entirely normal. I'll I'll just take an exploratory sweep with the sun sword. Uh, through the sort of air <laughs> in in the room, you, you do so, and as you're doing that, you you feel your mouth moving, and you hear the voice of the sword, and you all hear this go. Well, that won't do you much good. And the the voice sort of pauses for a few moments, and then says, "If I had if I had to guess, I'd say this was some sort of." sorceress after effect uh, some sort of side effect of something else that was done I, I doubt it'll be harmful in itself but well yeah I sure as hope well hope not because I, I can't see it when I look at it I say in my, my own voice to myself because no. that's where we are <laughs> the sword says yes uh, I think it's only it's probably only visible permanently to those who have uh, are attuned to to sort of magical um, magical senses. Uh, uh, do you mind if I? Um, says the voice. Um. Sure. <laughs> as you say that, your your vision abruptly shifts, and it's as though you're sort of. You're like three foot lower than you were previously. And like your vision sort of oddly like distorted. But as you're now sort of like looking around the room and you're not controlling like the pan of your vision, but as the vision moves across, you can now see clearly like even when you're looking directly at them, all these shadows moving with these like dark spots on them. Uh, 
and then your vision like sort of like zip, zips back up so you're actually looking out of your own eyes yeah. and again you can't see it when you're looking directly at it right, Leopold you're, you're quite right um, me and the sword have conferred and uh, <laughs> I've concluded and, and... that something really bad has happened here sorcery Okay, so we're going to cut back to Malcolm on the floor above. You stood on this patch of snow above the mist. There's this cauldron still with the mist flowing out of it. There's this dead body lying on the floor about ten foot away from you. Um, so these kind of dark patches on the ground, are they like furniture or...? So which, which dark patches? That's, that's a wall. Oh, it's a wall. Okay. And this one here is the same, is it? Oh, actually, I don't think that is a wall. That's just um, it's just like a different, a patched up part of the flooring. Apologies. Oh, okay, okay. So it's just an open floor. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what I'd like to try and do is with my rope, is kind of throw it and catch onto something on the body and pull the body onto the snow. Okay. Not a problem. You you loop, you sort of lasso the the body effectively. However, as you do so and you start trying to pull it towards you, the body sort of like falls apart. Okay. And as you can now, and basically you've got, because you've like looped it like under the arms, you've basically got like the upper torso of this body, like the rest has been left behind, so it's sort of broke in half. And as you drag it towards you, you can see it's leaving like a, a bloody sort of trail of viscera on the floor, like in a streak as you're dragging it across. And as you pull it a little bit nearer and you look at it, you can see it It looks to be a, a human body, but it looks like quite primitive. And okay. it looks as though it's been like badly burned or dissolved, as though it had been exposed to like some sort of powerful acid or corrosive agent. Okay. Okay. Um, and then in terms of... Is it kind of carrying... It's like... Um, Primitive, like the kind of the lang, the kind of no kind of gear, no equipment, just kind yeah, of yeah. It, it, I mean, it's it's taller than the lang you've seen so far, but it almost looks like sort of like Neanderthal like or like caveman like. Okay. Okay. Um, and the cauldron, then, if I look at the cauldron, is there any kind of uh, fire underneath or anything? No, it just looks like a magical cauldron that's spitting out mist. Indeed. Okay. And is there anywhere that looks like there might be a lid for it or anything that... Not that you can see, but it's possible if it's laying on the floor and it's just like a thin lid, you wouldn't be able to see it because of the mist. Okay. And is it kind of swirling out around the room and then down the stairs, or is it kind of coming up and down? The it stairs? just appears to be like spilling out in all directions from the cauldron, okay. and just sort of like almost like like say like liquid nitrogen style, like flowing across the floor. And obviously, after a while, it dissipates. But obviously, some of it's getting like that's why it's only got halfway down the stairs because it's dissipating before it can get all the way down. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll call down to Brother Lawrence at the bottom of the stairs that 
it looks like there's a cauldron generating the mist, but nothing else of interest up here. Um, should we go on, or what do you suggest? Um, there's further floors to explore. I'm, I'm going to head up the stairs. Okay, yep, so you... I'm going to move you up to the next floor where uh, Brother Lomas is. Sorry, where uh, Malcolm is. My apologies. So, let me move you up to there. Obviously, you move through this mist as well. Like I say you feel a slight sort of like static, like tingling as you walk through it, but it doesn't seem to cause you any harm. And as you walk up into the room, you can see that, as Malcolm has said, there's this cauldron in the middle of the floor. There's this like mist cascading out of it that's faintly glowing, and it's flowing across the floor for some distance before dispersing. You can also see sort of here is like the like the lower part of a body that appears to have just sort of like dissolved away before it got to the upper torso. You see Malcolm stood on this platform of snow that's rising above the mist and he's got like a rope round you presume the upper torso of the same body and you see like the streak of like viscera where he's dragged half of this melted body across towards himself mm. okay well, don't spend too long in the mist yeah I shall join him on the uh, snow to be on the safe side or hopefully on the safe side yeah that's fine is there any form of like chandelier or anything that would light up the room and the in the ceiling? There isn't. No, the only thing that's providing light in here is the soft glow coming from the mist. Okay. And did I did I miss that? We think the stairs is underneath that snow. Is that? The, 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 sorry, that's just how I've laid it out. The stairs aren't underneath the snow. They sort of head up above it. All right. So there's like the staircase continues up here to like the next floor. You presume. Right. Okay. Should we head up? Uh, I think it, we should certainly have a look. Shall I call up the others? Yeah. Let's not get too spread out. Yep, so I shall uh, call down to Weimar and Leopold. Okay, are you heading up, guys? Join us. We don't believe the mist is harmful, but maybe stand on this snow like, <clears throat> like we have. Right, following the steps. Yep. Okay. And I think I will head up to the next floor. Oh, does the mist level out? We rise up through the mist as soon as we get up onto the next flight of stairs. That's right, yep. Yeah. Okay. And again, you both feel like a slight tingling sensation as you move through it, but it doesn't cause you any harm. And you can see the room as I've described. Hmm. Okay, so Malcolm's going up to the next floor. So again, this will be this bit of the map will be to the right. So I'm just going to move you over to that. Okay. As you get to this floor, you can see there is an open door to like the the southeast of you, and a closed door to the the southwest of you. As you're as you're sort of looking around, you can see a a few slight blood splatters on the floor and they appear to form a very loose trail sort of heading towards this direction Okay. and you can hear the sound of like banging coming from inside that room 
Okay. And can I see anything through the open door? Okay. As you look through the open door, you catch sight very briefly of what appears to be a slightly hunched figure sort of moving around in the room beyond, but you only just catch like a brief glimpse of it. Um, okay, so I guess I'm assuming over the few months we've been working together, we'd have come up with a, a whistle signal that would indicate that yeah. we found something dangerous, so I'll just kind of whistle that down the stairs. Okay. Um, and uh, string my bow. Okay, I, sh- I shall slowly sort of come up the stairs as quietly as possible. Okay. Join, me... As I can't hear any immediate sort of combat. I'll move you up. There we go. Yeah, I keep going. Cautiously, hammer in hand. Okay. So I've moved you up. What about yourself, Wymore? Yep, going up. Okay, move you up. So, as I said, there's a, a closed door here. There's an open door here through which uh, the figure was glimpsed, and you can hear like the sounds of like sort of like banging coming from it inside that room. And was there one more floor? Did the stairs? You you believe that there's probably at least one or two more floors, like the stairs sort of carry on to the to the west of where you are now. Yeah. What do you do, guys? You didn't see anything in the room. I ask Malcolm. Uh, we've seen a hunched figure. So, yes, kind of moving. Um, so I guess, is it worth making some noise, draw it out, or do we want to try and sneak up on it? You just, well, you saw it walk just past the door or further in the room? I guess I kind of seen it from kind of moving um, through the door and heard a banging noise. He didn't get an idea of what the banging was. Another door it was banging on or the floor or... It it sounded more sort of like someone moving around clumsily in the room rather than like someone banging the door. Right, okay. Okay, so I think I would like to come up to here and then kind of using my mirror again, try and see if I can see more about what's going on in the room through the door without stepping into the door. Okay, you sort of hold the mirror up and angle it and look round and as you do, you see into what appears to be like a pretty empty chamber there are two primitive looking humans in there, one of them is lying on the floor and but sort of like occasionally like sort of thrashing around and making this like bumping noise, yeah this primitive humanoid has like this huge sort of like slashing wound across its chest which is like leaking blood out of and you can see the other primitive humanoid is like basically trying to like press a piece of cloth onto the wound and they make that 
perhaps they're communicating you're not sure but they seem to be making these like primitive sort of like grunting almost like ape like noises okay uh okay so i guess i will just kind of step into the room with my sword drawn um okay as you step into the room the the non-injured i'll call them I call them Neanderthals, just same. I keep saying primitive humanoids. The the sort of uninjured Neanderthal looks up at you and immediately goes, <coughs> and lifts up what appears to be basically like a sort of large like thigh bone, like that it's holding like a club. Doesn't like immediately rush you, but sort of like looks at you like wearing it. He's like, <coughs> uh, so I'll kind of step back a little, like kind of just back off a small bit and. Um, just yeah. point at his friend and make sewing gestures. You do that, the the Neanderthal doesn't really seem to understand and basically sort of like still holding this club basically goes <coughs> Okay. Uh any of you guys good with languages I'll call out to Well, certainly not that language. But... I like to imagine you like. Is anyone good with languages? <laughs> yeah, there's there's this guy that we were paying a lot yeah. of money to. Yeah. <laughs> Tumbleweeds blow across the room. Okay. Uh, this now I'm on. Does it look the same as downstairs? Yeah. It's just kind of been shoveled in. Okay. I mean, can you see anything else in there of of any sort of? value or reason to or should we just I think it, all I can really <laughs> see is the snow um, which there's probably no point in shoveling through um, so my sense is I'll actually come out and close the door yeah go for it uh, Th they don't follow you okay and then I will come over and listen through this other door and see if we can hear anything through there okay you listen to the other door you don't hear any sounds coming through the door is it the same as the doors downstairs with yep. the kind of iron? Okay. So again, I'll use my sword and open it without touching it. Not a problem. You okay. open it up. And as you peer into the room, this appears to be the, the remnants of some sort of office, perhaps. There are lots of sort of like books and scrolls like piled around a desk here. Although you can see just from looking in that like most of them have obviously been like ruined by like the damp. And the passage of time it's quite cold in here and you can you see it like this desk at the far wall with a few like bits and pieces on it but you can't really tell what they are at the distance you're at okay so i'll move up towards the desk then to see if i can see anything okay again there's a series of books you sort of open a few with the, like the damp the snow and everything's got to them and they're all sort of pretty much illegible however as you're searching the desk you do find what appears to be sort of placed inside a, a sort of metal box effectively which seems to have preserved it from much of the damage that the others have sustained is what appears to be a small scroll with a black ribbon around it okay so i will uh just throw that into a sack i have nearby and okay. we can look at it later on uh is there anything else in the room no just that table just that table really okay uh Okay, so then I guess we'll head back out and go up to the next floor. Okay, no problems. Are you? It's a, this snow that keeps appearing. Do we think these? Who's bringing it in? Who's bringing this snow in? 
It's a good question. It's the whatever creature had the big feet. Bit and, bloody strange, isn't it? Yeah. I, I wonder, does it like the cold? Is that what the problem is? Um, oh, but I'm well, sure that, that that's the only creature that could be moving snow piles. <laughs> Hold on a size. minute. What big... <laughs> Big footed creature, can you think of that likes snow? <laughs> Don't know what you're saying. Friendly with the Hendersons. That's it. the name, Haru. Uh, okay, so are you all moving up to the next floor, or uh, I am going to follow, follow behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, dear. Okay, I'm just dragging, okay. just dragging you all across. Oh. Okay, so as you all move up the stairs, the the entrance way on the next floor. The stairs continue up to what must be another floor above. And as you move up, the there is just an open doorway. There's no door in it leading into a chamber. You can see three doors sort of coming off that, but your vision is captivated in the center of the room by a seven and a half foot tall humanoid figure that appears to be made entirely of bronze. And it appears to just be standing there, sort of like staring at the open doorway. Oh, joy. It doesn't move. Do its feet look like they're the right size for... Yep. Kind of rectangular. Indeed. Kind of heavy. Not very dexterous. Okay. So this is some sort of servant then for someone else. So it's someone else who wants the snow because a bronze creature would have no interest in snow. Does it seem to be guarding these doors behind it or just... It's difficult to tell because it's not like reacting to you or doing anything at the minute. It's I mean, just it's stood not in the standing the directly in front of... No, it's just stood in the no. middle of the chamber like... Yeah. If we go in here, he's, gonna, he, he's not going to be happy. He's going to rear up. How big are the doorways behind them? They're similar they're similar in size to the other doors. They're, they're so they're, they're are they small enough that he would struggle to get through them, or are they? Yeah, they're they're, they're pretty sort of small. Okay. Well, they're they're normal sized doorways, but they're small for that creature. It yeah, could yeah. maybe squeeze through them, but it, it wouldn't be okay. easy. And he's not flexible, really, either, right? No, it's, it's made of metal. Okay. So what I want to try and do then is use my uh, stealth okay. um, to try and sneak through to this open door here uh, and to see if he does anything. I basically kind of step as close to him as I can to see if he actually activates. Okay, make your stealth roll then. Uh, I don't actually have any North stealth roll. It was more complex. Oh, that's fine. You're just sort of doing it. Okay, yeah, so move yourself to where you want to be. I can see you've done that. Yep, you sort of sneak past this thing. It doesn't really react. The The room you're in, again, opens into like a small sort of plain room. The floor has been patched up in here. 
Um, again, you can see sort of similar, like strange growths, like bushy growths coming out of the walls, as you saw in the misty chamber on the floor below. Uh, so then I think I want to try this middle door. Okay. Can is it the same as the doors downstairs? It is indeed. Yeah, then I'll just open it with my sword again. Uh, do you want to move for the Lomas before I do in case this goes pear-shaped? Okay. Okay. It opens into a chamber beyond this, and you can see again another pile of snow, and you can also see what looks to be an extremely, it must have once been like an extremely fine embroidered rug that's on the floor, but half of it's under the snow, it's damp, some of the fibres have rotted away, there's like a there's like an odd sort of mouldy, like pungent smell coming off it. Okay. Okay, and if I move to the third door, it's the same as all the other ones, is it? Yep. Okay, so I'll just open that. Okay, again, it appears to open into another largely empty chamber with a few like specimens of odd plants growing in it. Okay. And all the time you're doing this, the, the bronze figure doesn't move. Okay. So I guess it's waiting on the, the wizard to call it. Um, Something to activate it, yeah. Yeah. So I think this might be a time for us to uh, find the wizard before he can activate the statue. Well, there's only one more floor, probably, I think, from our estimations from outside. Mm-hmm. Should we head up so? I think we we need to now we've got this far. <laughs> okay, so again, are you all heading up to the next floor? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. We want to stagger it slightly rather than all just sort of bowling. <laughs> no, that's just all bowling. It's getting late. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Dr. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Okay, let me just okay, drag, wizard. drag you all up to the next floor. Okay, so as you head up to this floor, you can see that the stairs appear to head up, but they head up to like a trap door, which you assume must be up to the roof, effectively. As you look into this this sort of like central chamber which appears to be the the only real room on this floor you can see what appears to be the signs of some ancient conflagration in this chamber the stone floor is scorched and blackened in the center of the chamber lights appear to flash and like your sense of perspective and space appears to sort of like twist oddly as you look into the centre of the room, almost as though you're like looking at this room through like a prism that's like rotating slowly. You can also see as you look around, sort of like knit quite near to you, sort of just about like here-ish. You can also see on the floor what appears to be the remnants of a a, a skeleton that appears to be like burnt black, with the faintest remnants of like a few cloth threads clinging to its charred bones it looks to be extremely old but it's almost been like carbonized by some sort of extreme heat 
Looks like a spell that went fast. Mm. Very bad. And as you as you sort of peer across the chamber, like I say, your your sort of sense of perspective and space like gets warped as you're trying to look across the chamber. But occasionally, as this sort of like distortion seems to like twist, you catch sight of what appears to be maybe like a desk or like a, a bookcase. You can't really tell. So sort of like just just beyond this chamber, like on the far wall, sort of like okay. around about here. But you can't really be sure because as you're looking, like your sort of vision is being like warped and twisted by whatever's like going on in the centre of this chamber. Okay. And is it can we kind of see the I don't want to call it a force field, but you know what I mean? That can we kind of see that or is it just kind of like you're looking in the mist and it's just you can't see anything? Or is it very obviously that there's a like I say you you can see it, but it's almost like it's almost like when you try and look across the room, it's like you're seeing it through like a kaleidoscope. Okay. And like someone's like just slowly sort of like turning the end of the kaleidoscope so like everything's moving. But it's more just your perception like the room isn't actually moving. Okay. And if I try and touch it, the, or if I step into the middle of the room, I guess this. No, move, move, move yourself in if you wish to go in the middle of the room. Okay, you step into the middle of the room, and as you do, there's a there's a brief unsettling sensation, like a almost like vertigo. But after a few moments, it passes, and the the distortion. Everyone else is still seeing the distortion, but for you, everything now looks completely normal, and you can definitely okay. you can definitely see there's a couple of chairs and a desk, and what looks to be like a bookcase full of like ruined and destroyed books on the far end of the room. Okay. And is there anything now that I can see properly? Anything in the middle of the room that would indicate what this spell was was going on here when the spell went wrong? You can see there appears to be some sort of like circular design with like ancient runes around it that has been actually like carved into the floor. You can see from a few flakes of metal, it looks as though there must have once been some sort of like metal poured into the design, but it's no longer present. Okay. Uh so can I come over and examine the um, desk bookcase just to see if there's any indication of what this person was trying to achieve? You most certainly can. You you look around and I say all of the paperwork seems to be pretty much ruined. However, as you're sort of looking on the desk, you can see there's like a small drawer, and as you sort of go to like sort of like check it, it's locked. It's locked. Indeed. Okay, so can I use the dagger that I just found recently to pry it open? You most certainly can. I assume you're like standing off to the side and like doing it or something similar. Yeah, or, or yeah. Okay, so you you stand off to one side. You you it's just a fairly simple lock. You like open, and as you do so, again another sort of like needle or dart flies out of the drawer, which if you'd have been stood in front of it would have hit you. As it falls to the ground, you hear like a and you can see like a what appears to be a liquid dripping off the end of it, and where it's hitting the the sort of wooden slats on the floor in here, it's actually like eating into the wood and like steams rising up out of it. Okay. Okay. You as you look back, you can see inside the desk is what appears to be a it looks as though it's a piece of parchment 
and around it instead of like twine or a ribbon is what appears to be a silver ring with like a silver skull on the front of it. Okay. So can I take the ring off and open the parchment? Yeah, as you take the ring off, the parchment, which is damp and sort of ruined by time, the parchment literally just like crumbles like mush in your hand and you're left holding this silver ring. Okay. With a skull. Indeed. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Okay, and there's nothing else on this side of the room. Everything else is mush, is it? Not that you you can't see anything else of interest here. Okay. Cool. So, I guess I'll go back to the others and tell them I found the okay. strange ring. At this point, can uh, you please make me a save versus spells? Since you've been in that room for some time now. And um, as I'm sure Johannes will have uh, long suspected, I will get out my uh, favourite book. Now the question is, which table? I know that book of dankness. <laughs> I didn't realise how thick it was. I've only ever seen the PDF. Well, as you said, it's all about yeah, the, it's the, all about the girth, mate. Mm -hmm. Especially the the revised version. It, it's it's hefty. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh. Oh, splendid. Well, possibly not splendid, but okay. <laughs> can, can you roll me a D two hundred? Can. Nineteen. Okay, let me see what we get. All right, okay. As um, as you guys see, sort of Malcolm step out of this shifting distortion, you see that his face appears to be covered with a severe case of acne. That is all. Okay. And also, you lose one point of constitution. Oh. What's up with your face, Malcolm? I don't know. You've gone all spotty. You, you feel you feel like as you step out of this distortion, you feel like your face and your sort of like arms, which are covered in this acne, are sort of itching, and you feel like a slight sort of like weakness as you sort of step out of this distortion. And obviously, if you like look at yourself in your mirror, which you've obviously got out because you've been using it a lot, you can see this like acne all over your arms and face. Okay. 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 And, and I would tell you as an out of character note, that is far from the worst result you could have got. Okay. Like far from is the worst result. Permanent on both cases, or is it? it it's. Because obviously, I don't want to like spoil it, but it, it's permanent. Unless you do a certain something to remove it, okay, it, it can be removed. It's not permanent. Permanent, ongoing. Yeah, it's currently permanent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's an oxymoron for you. Currently permanent. <laughs> the stairs stop here, don't they? 
that's, that's well, it doesn't look like it. it looks like they go on to me they, they, yeah. they continue up to like i said like a trap door which leads up to the roof but i will mm, tell uh, you just for like because obviously we're getting on a bit just like speed it up you go up the stairs you have a look on the roof it's a wooden roof little sort of trap door you can see the forest as you look around it but there's like nothing of interest apart from some more snow on the roof Okay. Well, I feel this this tower is having somewhat of a, a nasty effect on you, Malcolm. I think we should maybe make our way out. As you're discussing that, from like somewhere down below where you are now, you hear. <laughs> getting like fainter and fainter. It's your man, he's off to get some snow. Okay. Sounds like our friend is leaving. Let's, let's follow. Let's follow. Let's follow, yeah. Yeah, we'll follow down. Okay, so you head down and you do indeed come across, she's not moving very quickly, you eventually come across this bronze figure and it's it's just slowly like marching down the stairs towards the first floor, then the ground floor. It walks up to the, the front door, pushes the door open, walks out into the forest. What do you guys do? I think we want to follow us. See what it's doing. Okay. Well, it's interesting, yeah. So it walks out into the forest and it appears to be doing like a sort of circuit, so sort of like taking like a wide arc and slowly returning to the tower. A sort of like about halfway through its sort of circuit, you see it sort of you can hear in the distance what sounds like the crackling of wood burning and through the trees in the forest you can see like maybe the flickering light of a campfire and this thing just like starts walking towards it as you as you follow it sort of obviously keeping your distance a little bit but you follow it you see that it walks into a small clearing and there's like just like a, a traveler sat there he's like cooking some meat over a little campfire he started he he sees this like bronze figure coming towards him and he's basically like what the fuck and as he says that this this golem creature just like reaches out grabs him round the neck lifts him up by his neck and sort of still holding him like that with comparatively little effort he's like struggling and going like that but can't break free it start. It turns around and it starts walking back towards the tower, still like holding this guy. Okay. And this guy's like, "Oh, what's going on? Let me go!" Like, like frantically like beating on like the chest of this this thing, and it's just like doesn't give like a crap. It's just like carrying him. Okay. And it like assuming are you guys still following it or? Yeah, I think so. Unless anyone feels like. Well, presumably we were following it, and now it's turned back in our direction. Kind well, of no, because it's still sort of going on like it's arcs, so it's sort of oh, arcing it's on around. a circle, circular yeah. route, is it? Yeah, it appears to be like you think maybe because you've said like, oh, it's obviously some sort of programmed servitor. Maybe it's like following like a pre-programmed route mm-hmm. or something. It eventually gets back round to the tower, still carrying this guy, although he's sort of like starting to look a bit worse for wear because it's like carrying him by the neck. He's like obviously having trouble breathing, and his struggles are getting a little bit weaker. And his shouts a little bit fainter. It mar- again. It marches up to the door with its other hand, pushes the door open, <coughs> marches into the tower, and you hear the sounds of it going up the stairs. Okay, so I guess we want to go in up the stairs after it. 
Okay. Let's see what it's doing. You follow it up to the fourth floor, where the the sort of glowing like magic circle effectively is. It walks into the still holding this guy. It walks into the middle of where this weird sort of spatial distortion is. And at this point, I'm going to ask uh, Malcolm again. Can you please roll me a two D one? So one D two hundred. Okay. Okay. Five. Okay, five. Let's see what we get. So, again, it's difficult to see because of this distortion, but as you, the, the golem appears entirely unaffected by whatever magical fluence is in this room. But as it holds this struggling figure there, you watch as his feet seem to sort of twist and warp and sort of change until they resemble more like any sort of like screaming in pain until they resemble more like animal claws rather than human feet the 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 bronze golem just stays there sort of like holding him okay okay at this point um, brother lomas can you please roll me 1d200 um, I'll have to type that, don't I? Yeah, it's slash R, same way as you would do on like roll twenty. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Eighty-seven. 87. So like a few minutes pass while it's holding him in the middle of this distortion. Again, he lets out a sort of strangled scream, and his skin seems to sort of boil and ripple like a liquid. And then as you watch, his skin appears to... At first you think maybe his skin's sort of like flaking off, but eventually his skin like transforms into a a coating of almost like spiny like leaves, but made out of flesh. I'm going to try and kill the user. Okay, wait, are you throwing the hammer at him or whatever? Yeah, I'm going to... So this guy, I'm going to try and... Headshot him. Go for it. Oh, I've just rolled an eleven on the D twenty. I meant to roll a hammer. I forgot. I forgot myself. That, that's fine. He's basically just a peasant, so you will have hit him with that, and he's only really got like a couple of hit points. So, so as that- you you throw the hammer, it like strikes him on the head. You hear like a loud snap as his head snaps to one side and he falls limp. The 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 bronze figure doesn't like even look at you as the hammer flies back into your hand it just lets go of his body which falls to the floor then it start it turns around and starts like <coughs> back towards the exit of the room does I put the ring on at this stage sorry can I put the ring on the one that I found yeah that's fine uh, and I guess I'm hoping that it will give me control over the statue okay it doesn't seem to pay any special attention to you when you you put the ring on and as it draws level with you guys again like not reacting to your presence whatsoever it moves round you starts walking down the stairs and it returns to its original position on the third floor okay and then it just sort of stands there if you follow it it just sort of stands there again in the same chamber obviously like the the twisted now corpse of the the man is still like lying on the fourth floor in the sort of magic circle okay so it's making the creatures. Yeah, that's well, a it's weird an creature. experiment, isn't it? It's an experiment, and 
some toe rag wizard has expired, but this <laughs> bloody thing is carrying on getting exper experimental subjects for its owner by the looks of it. So, and have you ever come across these creatures before, Leo? Do you think we could destroy it with your well? Well, my... well, I was going to say technically, if you guys remember the, um, if you guys remember the the bronze mask that one of you possesses, any of you who encountered that creature that sort of fell apart, you've all encountered one of these bronze golems before, although you didn't have to face it in direct combat then. Yeah, and 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 if anything that is made can be unmade in my experience. Okay. And indeed, that's quite a famous dwarven saying. Because it feels like they shouldn't be allowed to continue. But yet, there doesn't seem to be any other way to stop them, William. Oh, can we examine the scroll? You most certainly can. Okay, so, yeah, you, you take this scroll out. So let me bring up the note for that. Okay, so you take the scroll out. It's written in sort of like an archaic form of common, and it says the following. Whilst I agree with my colleagues that the great working was necessary to prevent the great beast from beneath the ice escaping, there is unsettling talk of many who do not understand our actions. They plan to flee the land of our birth. This is not acceptable. I must find a solution. I have spent long poring over ancient tomes, having discounted sacrificing the spark of life to achieve a pallid version of immortality. I have heard rumours of a mage named Akbeet to the far north. Although I do not know him, my colleagues claim he has sought the aid of nameless entities to enable his own survival. This also seems unacceptable. If we sacrifice humanity to gain life, what is the point? I must find a way of us adapting quickly to our new environment if we are to retain Balconan as our home. Further experimentation will be required. Alright, there okay. you go. Okay. And I think on that bombshell... That is where we're going to end the session for this evening, guys. Thank you very much for playing. I hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, and man. Obviously, we'll sort out XP and everything in a minute, but I'm going to end the stream here. So thanks again to my wonderful players and anyone who's watching this either now or in the future. Take care, and hopefully we'll catch you for the next session. See you in a bit. Mm -hmm.